describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Start again. Oh, here we go. Three. You're live. Three, two, one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. You don't have to speak real fast just because you're like, trying to make up time now. Oh, okay. we're behind. Is that what yes, you're doing? Yes, I'm, I'm behind. That's exactly right. This is why I have to, you know, flying the ship, it's always the one thing I keep forgetting, which is press the button to go live. So Don't let James fly a plane. No, you should not. <laughs> I'm not Sully. We will not survive the landing. So we were just talking about uh, where are we from today? And I said, you can't make this stuff up. Right. The dice don't lie, as we know. James, we are from Adventure Hobbies in East Brunswick, New Jersey. A new year is upon us, isn't it? It is. 1982. Right. It just, but it feels like 1981 still in so many ways. It does have a little bit of 1981 residue. Did someone say 1982? Well, hold on. Oh, Do you, oh. I want you to yes. this. What is, what is this that we have behind us? So what we have behind us is we have, what, the curtain? So yes. what we have is a, uh, we have the Days of the Dragon calendar from 1982, because it is 1982. Did you have to mortgage your house to get that? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't, it, it was in double digits, and it actually was, I think, I was pretty happy about that. So uh, people are just going to have to wait. I know what they're saying. Please, 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 they're flipping through. You right. can't wait. No, you just no, have to wait. You have to wait. It's not February yet. So here it is, January, and this is a what? No, I was going to say this is a white. No. Nope. This is, and people, they probably can't tell what this is. Can anyone online guess what kind of dragon this is? It is not a white dragon. It is a, a different dragon. And it, it, there's a different dragon. It's hard. If they can figure that out, that's pretty impressive. Pretty small on the screen. It's by James Holloway. I was not familiar with James Holloway. I'm not familiar with him either. Uh, let's see. Yeah. All right. So, uh, um, no, no, no takers. It's a crystal dragon. Crystal dragon is a crystal dragon. Is that a real dragon? Uh, well, they came out with so the gem. <laughs> they came out with the gem dragons later. I don't know if they made it into monster manual. Is that a monster manual too? Gem dragons. I that's on it. Yeah. Well, certainly, ah. not, certainly not. Ah. Certainly not be out now. So. Today is January 15th. It is right. a Friday. And this is what it says. Now, I got all excited because I saw all this information. Right. That looks impressive. And I thought it was going to be history of TSR stuff. Yeah. But it's really not sort of history of TSR stuff. So like today it says, on this day in 1966, 
Elmer Valentine opened Los Angeles Whiskey A Go Go. Ooh, the Whiskey A Go Go. That that's is legendary. That's where my guy goes. That's where Cedric goes. Remember, yeah. he goes to the Go Bar, whatever a Go Bar is. <laughs> not a Go Go Bar, a Go that's Bar. Good. That's right. But that's not, that's not D&D. I, I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed with that because that's not D&D history. I mean, that's Motley Crue and Rad. Is, is that... Is yes. that where Motley Crue and Rat Yes, they all, all the big bands, the L.A. bands in the 80s, they went there. Actually, I mean, The Doors, I pretty much played the Go-Go, if I remember correctly, Whiskey Go-Go. But this also saves you from buying another wretched uh, book of 1982. But that's not, but, but yeah, but that's the point. This is not 1982. This is telling me about, well, number one, it couldn't tell me about 1982. Because oh, that's true. Up, right? But it's not even. Well, that would be impressive if it told you what was happening on that day in 1982. <laughs> that's right. That would be an amazing calendar. <laughs> that's right. So, but it's not even role-playing history. So that was a little, that's just a little disappointing. But let me tell you something. Did you read all of them yet? I have not read all of them, but okay. I did look at the pictures. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed. Okay. There's some really good stuff in there. I was so I shouldn't impressed. peek? Don't peek. Okay. No, don't no. come in here at night. I won't peek. I will be not peeking. peek. No peeking. No peeking. All right. Well, we've got <laughs> other stuff. Well, look at you. Look at all that crap you got. <laughs> I got all this stuff. Well, I have, uh, no, I have something that actually happening in 1982. Okay, good. So you actually did some research. I, that's awesome. So um, we, it's been a few weeks. How was your holidays? Good? Oh, it was very nice. Thank you. How was yours? Good. We, we have, well, I think we avoided the plague, and so far we still avoid the plague, which is nice. I uh, hope everyone else is doing well out there. So um, we, we was well, fine. I got a new shirt for myself, a home shirt, so I was pretty happy. Yes, the homes, yes. That was, uh, got some other crap for, you know, because you know how it is. They hard to find gifts for the dad. So what they always just buy you, oh, he does that? Buy crap that he likes for that. There was a year where my wife's, oh, this is fascinating. My wife's, it's cricket time. My wife's, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was so hard to buy for. Mm -hmm. And word leaked that he, was, he wanted a sweater. You can see this right, coming. Right. He opened nine packages of sweater, sweater, everyone. But yes, we're hard to buy for. Yeah, well, it's not hard to buy for. It's just we will buy it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and do better at it. And we'll better at it. And we won't get, you know, because the other thing that I found with my family, God love them, they'll pay any price if they think they got a hit out of the park, which, of course, yeah. you know, you said you paid double digits. If they thought you wanted the calendar, they would have paid $1,000 right. for it, and right. you'd be losing your mind. You're like, why did you spend it that whole? Because you wanted it. Right. And what are you supposed to say? Well, I always say, take it back, and they hate that. So, wow. Yeah. You're a lot of fun at Christmas. No, I'm a terrible. That's why, please don't buy me anything. <laughs> don't, buy, don't buy me anything. <laughs> You're like, they Dan got me this label make. I love it. It was only nine bucks, right. okay? I'm, look, it's right here. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to label make during the show. You're like a cat. You just need something very right. cheap and you have a lot of fun right. with it. Right. I almost go with the box. Wrap right. the box. Wrap the box and things. So uh, I'm glad that was good. I was, was upset doing. I didn't have the label maker and that you had it. So what I was going to do is I was, I was going to take my Osric book and put my name in it with the label. Why don't you then, tell me, and then when I, I would have gave it to you. I would have well, had it ready. It looks like I'm doing that business where, is there a name for that where you'd give somebody else a gift? Like I'm, sh I'm sure it's like, San like a, I'm sure there was a Seinfeld episode where you'd be give yeah. something and you. Like you, you give your wife time. a basketball? Right. And she, you know, she doesn't play basketball. This is a community. Requests can come in. Obviously, shipping handy may be prohibitive if you, especially if it's like Australia or Sweden. Yes, I'd like a thumb butt. Oh, we should have we shipped that with Go Delicious. <laughs> so people could do their own. Yeah, the, and the only thing they have to do is they have to go find the, because, you know, obviously it's, it's like the Polaroid. It's not the device's 
expensive. It's finding the tape you got to put back in. I bought you extra tape, James. So it, know, it should be somewhere. And we're talking I about a label it. maker here. That's a, a label maker. Dyson label maker. Yes, I agree. I agree. So listeners. let's, uh, uh, we still are getting ready for GrogCon 2022. Number three, the, ho- the convention we're hosting. We haven't really come up with a name yet. No, we haven't. Are we going to be like Led Zeppelin and Van Halen 1, 2, just going to start names eventually? This is my view on this. Everyone just picks the name they want to call it. I had a name for I was Grogcon 1981, and then other people are like, no, no, it's Grogcon 21. And then I'm like, well, that's weird. We haven't had it 21 times. And then, okay, Grogcon 2021, and then right. Grogcon 2. I, I just say you call it whatever you want. How about that? There is... It has no name. Okay. The convention that has no name. That shall not be, the convention that, <laughs> that shall, shall not, not be, be named. named. That's going to be this year's thing. The convention that shall not be named. <laughs> I'm sure Craig Russell will be thrilled. <laughs> thrilled. That's right. What is that convention? We can't tell you he about it. He must hate name. us as like, just in terms of like marketing and like missed opportunity. He must, we must drive that him crazy. That cannot be named. The TCTCBN. It's like those guys don't want to succeed. <laughs> no. The, TC, the convention that, oh, that shall not see. Yes. <laughs> That shall not be named TCTSBN. That's what it'll be now. It's like yogurt. Now. The people are going to think there's yogurt. Isn't that TCBY? Oh, TCBY is yogurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, ours is, Craig had said he's still scheduling for the first weekend of October. Hotel's still being formulated, but you can start pretty much saying the first weekend. Once we get dates and hotels, we'll be publishing that. And uh, in more immediate future, DaveCon, April 8th through the 10th. Assuming the Epsilon Tau variant doesn't cause people to explode, we'll, we're planning to be there. Um, should be a lot of fun. Uh, yes, I'm waiting for confirmed dates too, uh, Jason. Good morning. Uh, Craig says it's, he, you should plan on the first weekend of October, but uh, I, I know he's looking for a new, new venue because we've gotten bigger than where we were. So. We're getting too big for our britches. Getting too big for our britches, which I'm super excited about. Uh, but right now, DaveCon, April 8th through the 10th, is, is ready up in Minnesota. Go out to DaveCon.net. I forgot what it's called. But you go to our site. It's available there. Go out to Discord, which is always the best way to find uh, information like that. Um, Grognard's Guild Online. You can go play Discord by post. I heard, you know, I listened to Menions. Uh, podcast, uh, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, where he was interviewing our dear friend, the Chamberlain, about play by post. Literally, the empire never set our empire. That's, as long as we have Mennion. Well, if, right. if we lose Mennion, and it sets. And David. and David. Right. Right. And Craig. They're, they're the three. There's three folks uh, out there. Uh, and actually, there's another folk person in Australia as well. And I'm hoping that uh, Go Delicious can make it. One of those guys. Wouldn't that be great? I would be amazing. The, pr- the thing is, you're going to have to convince Sonny or whoever's here to pay the freight to get them over there. Right. Well, it just needs to make its way maybe kind of west. Is that right? So maybe Won't because be so it's bad. going to Sonny, it's going to stay in New Jersey. It. So rude of me. Go Delicious is going to stay in New Jersey. Right. And then maybe just sort of make its way west. Carlos is in Cleveland. Carlos should. I think if you get once you get past the international border, maybe maybe if you can get into the Commonwealth like Canada, maybe there's maybe postage from Canada to Australia is cheaper. They're mm-hmm. all part of the whatever it was. Maybe San Francisco to Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii is not too bad. Right. Maybe they could pick it up from Hawaii. Yes, 
It's close. I feel like it's right there. You can there. take a ferry. Right. I feel like that's pretty close, that there. But they have folks in the play-by-post for, in Europe, the United States, the Japan, and Australia. Mm-hmm. So we need, the only thing we don't have much represented is the Caucasus. The U.S. <laughs> we have some of the U.S., <laughs> parts of the U.S. We have. Wait, uh, what did you say? The, the what? The, the, cau- the Caucasus. You know, where they had, like, the uh, Armenia, you know, the... The Crimea area, that kind of area. Like. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. The, the, the Caucasus. The Caucasus, the, yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes, that absolutely. part of Central yeah. Asia. You right. Know, that's, yes, that, right. That area. There. That's mm-hmm. what we, you know. We, near it, the we, Barrier Peaks. <laughs> near the Barrier Peaks, exactly. That's exactly where it is. <laughs> that's where we're heading. We're going that way. Yeah, so uh, David's already saying Hawaii is pretty close. Commonwealth anyway. So well, it's you perfect. know what? Mm. Really? Go delicious. I know you're like, really? Is he going to talk about anything else? No. Go delicious needs to make it to somebody shortly at, at the beginning of April who's going to DaveCon because right. then there can be a handoff. We need to think about these things, right? Right. I agree. I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, Go delicious has to be at DaveCon. Right. So, well, I would probably say that Sonny's going to want to hold on to him then once he gets him because he's going to Dave. Hmm. Timing. If, if he leaves the country, he may not get back, you know, visas and everything else, immunization, you know, everything. <laughs> he tests positive for COVID. That's right. <laughs> he can't leave. Someone should do that. for So, and, and if and we got to get like a, a, one of those rapid tests next to him. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> I was going to send him with a mask. Probably should have. I forgot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway, if you are someone who's looking to play first edition online, you can go out uh, to our Discord and there's folks or our meetup. People are, start, are still doing virtual games, and eventually, hopefully, we'll be able to play in person without having to feel like we have to put a biohazard suit on. It was a little disappointing. Uh, with, with the, we went from here, here in Florida, we went from like, I don't know, five cases or whatever to like 8,000. So it's like, we, I think you made the right decision to say, Let, let's wait a couple more weeks. Yeah. You're, you, you, you had suspected as, as, as is often the case with us, you are a step ahead of me and saw, saw it before I did. So, um, what other thing you can do is you can support Brian, the captain general of Appalachia's Kickstarter on the edge of Wilderland. He is like 80% of the way there. He's gotten funded for that. So fantastic. And, have uh, we, have we contributed? Yes, we have. We- Yes, we have. Thank you. Yes, we have. We're... I'm so generous. That's right. How much did we give? We're married now. Oh, God. That's right. No, no, it's no, no. not a joint account. We have a separate account. That's right. They have no idea. So um, that's a, it looks great, I'm, and I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that uh, that will get done so we can get our signed copy we signed up for. I can't wait. That'll be awesome. So, no titles. We have folks out there who are giving the Empire uh, tribute and not don't have a title. Mm-hmm. So, if you're one of those people who say, hey, do I have a title? I think I'm paying the Grog Empire money, and you don't have it. You need to message me, excuse me, message Grog Talk at the patron so that we can get that set up. It's like unclaimed money. Like, right. Like a letter. Like, did you know you have a title waiting for you? Well, right. Well, and I'm afraid, it would, that would be the ultimate rudeness if we gave it to other people who didn't. Like, you know, you can go out to the... Claim something. We're going to sell it. <laughs> We're going to sell it. We'll auction off your title. You're paying it, and someone else is going to get That's it. That's right. So. If you don't claim it, a certain amount of time, we should have an auction. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing says getting uh, patrons than selling their stuff off. So. Now, this, wait a second. This is raised a very important question, mm. oh. which is, as you know, mm-hmm. 
we are having this map drawn up. That's right. And patrons will get to select a territory, and we're going to have the map done professionally. If you haven't claimed your title, can you still claim territory, or do you have to have a title? Hmm. Hmm, all right. Uh, you don't have to answer that now, Emperor. You know, maybe think about that, right? right. But that's, that's right. an important issue. That's, that's a very good point. It's, and the, how the selecting of the lands and everything else, I feel this is your idea. Will you handle that? No. No, I'm not. Remember, they wanted to fight each other, and, and I, I, I... Here I come out. I, I pawned that off to the Chamberlain, and fortunately that simmered down. I think Vic got busy with Dave Khan, so his belligerent ways have... have uh, he's probably just... Next year, he's just going to attack uh, Grog Khan and take it over. Yeah, Vic will be sitting here. <laughs> it just comes there. It's like January 1983. Just, it's kind of fuzzy, and it's just Vic sitting here. I've taken over. He'll only have two heads. <laughs> I got that flock of seagull, dude, and he'll be That's right. They're both dead now. They just ma- he mounts us behind the thing here. They're like, we don't have a calendar. So we do have an iTunes review, by the way. And fortunately, we are hitting it out of the park when it comes to the iTunes. So Labranius, Labranus, Labrains, Little Brains, Little Brains. Where is that, Shelley? Little Brains, right there. Yeah. Little Brains. Little Brains. Little Great brains. banter. This show has great banter, like a radio talk show of olden times. There you go. Fun and informative. My favorite show covering one of my favorite topics. Well, little brains. brains. So if you have a, you'd like us to say whatever you say in the iTunes review, as long as it's not profane, won't get us kicked off. You want to see how terrible we are? Just fill out an iTunes review. Now, you know what the most disappointing thing is? Is, as you know, uh, we did receive a one star. Right. And, or maybe you don't know. I did. Opinion. Well, I know you monitor it like a hawk. I do. I'm very sensitive. But the most disappointing thing about it is that that person didn't leave any comment. Right. Because then just we get to stop. read them out. Right. And, <laughs> well, in this. fact, I didn't. You're, you're exactly right. We did get a one star. There you go. There's nothing we can say. I about know. It. It's very disappointing, you know? Because we said we'd read whatever you wrote. That oh. person missed an opportunity. So uh, David Thompson just reminded us that banter, I guess he looked it up. Well, he is, he is an encyclopedic. He's, his knowledge of the English language is encyclopedic. It is. Way beyond banter us. is from the Latin to gibber like a moron. Oh. <laughs> so we have an insult. So that's what he's letting us know. Ah, yeah. Got it. Okay. That's, that's too bad. So you did mention quickly the world of grog talk, the map and gazetteer. You did confirm... That our child labor is in place. Yes, exactly right. Yes, we have, yes. We, we, well, we're the emperors. How does that make you feel, right? Because in the past, mm-hmm. you were an advocate for workers' rights. Is that a fair and, statement? And the children. And the children. <laughs> and those combined. That's right. Now, now you're using it's, okay. the shoes on the other foot all of a sudden. It is. Well, this is, what's, this is what's very dangerous about power. Exactly right. You can't treat even somebody like me of my... My, my lawful good alignment. We're going to have to auction that off. We'll have to say this was, this was drawn with the tears of children. Yeah. The original. We'll have to do one of those commercials where, like, the kids are crying. That's right. He should, he should, John should send us a picture of his kids crying, drawing it. No. With the music. You can do the music in the background. That's Every right. day. Every day. Children are forced to draw maps for the Grog Emperors. This map is too long. Oh, I can't do it. Do I have to. I want to do my homework. No. no. You draw that map. 
Draw a treat. I don't know how. Drawing speed. Yeah. That's right. So. But yes, it is as we speak. It is being drawn by child labor. But they are. Listen, it's like, who was it? Was it Mary Pippin who said, I want to be in service to you? Right. Denethor, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, they, they became members of the Grog Empire. They are in our service. Uh, it's really on them. Uh, uh, were their oh, parents. so now you're blaming the yeah. children and, the- <laughs> or the, and their parents. So it is being drawn. Okay. And we will, yes, yeah, so we will have a, a, a sketch. And then we will have a draft. Uh, Rob did. I know you don't go much to the Twitters, but he did. He did link us to another cartographer. Oh, very nice. We have a couple. Assuming that, I mean, obviously we would want Darlene to do it, Indeed. if if that is possible. Maybe you could sell this calendar and pay for it. <laughs> and your shirt. And my shirt. And, and the, the Dyson. Everything. A, everything. We're We're selling everything. It's just bare. You come back. There's just nothing here. But there would be an awesome map. Hey, we'll. Uh, We'll see what we can do. We'll well, we can. Based on what first edition books are going for, we could sell a couple of them and we could be doing okay. So oh, it might be a tiny map. <laughs> I think it's the same amount of work for her, whether it's oh. based on this, unless she's going to like not use the map and make her own and just relabel it and go. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll have to see. But uh, that may be a Kickstarter that we have to do. Unfortunately, we, and we that may be uh you know, you, if you're if you're part of a social club and you have normal dues, and then they do like a special campaign, a for, big sale, right? Some kind of well, it's capital. It's a capital investment, but mm-hmm. beyond your normal giving, you have to, right? Like we're building a building, basically, right? So it's this is a map of the empire, and you want it done by just any Tom, Dick, or Harry, or you want Darlene to do it? You're absolutely right. Let the patrons decide. It's completely up to them. What do you want? Do you right. want quality or not? Right. I mean, the funds that they provide, I like how we're going here. We're back to greed, which is, you know, a, the funds that they are providing now basically supports the show. It's the hosting and the technology and everything else. If they want a quality map, they're going to have to fork over the cash for it. So we'll see how, how, how important this is. Do they want a quality map like this or do they want children's tears stained <laughs> maps? Well, well said, Emperor, and, and I got a bad feeling about this one, I got to tell you. <laughs> we may not want to know the answer. Well, I, I, we, our patrons are very generous, so we thank them. And, that's, and uh, actually, we do all this because it's, because it's fun. So uh, we want Darlene. Absolutely. Uh, we, Darlene. Oh, we should get Darlene. Maybe those kids could do, maybe John's kids could do Darlene. 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 Yes, Darlene. We, could, we, could, we could tug on her emotions, yeah, right? Yeah, seeing them draw and, and with their hands crimped up. I sure hope Darlene is going <laughs> to do this. I have 40 more to do. That's right. This is what I worked so hard on. This, please, darling. Yes, we need a video from the kids. Don't we need a video right. from the kids? That's right. We need a video. Okay. We'll send on. Darlene because Carlos knows her. We'll yep. send. Well, you just post it on Twitter and you'll tag her yep. with the kids crying for Darlene. Yeah, she, that's really going to go well. She has no idea what we're talking about. All she can see is crying children. We should probably prime her for that. Yes. Right. Well, first, it should be we made a map and it'd be great. Start with the honey first. Have the oh. And then, we, you know, I see what you're saying. Then if it, that doesn't that work. That doesn't work. Then we show them in the mines being right. whipped to do that. Yeah. Video. Is there a song, Darlene? Darlene. I think Darlene. So. Darlene. I know it was Jolene. Jolene. Who's that? Who's saying Jolene? Valley Parton. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I just disclosed something very embarrassing about me. <laughs> I just put video of Darlene down. No, video of kids. You've got to sing Darlene, Darlene to Jolene, Jolene. Okay. I got more work out of this. Yay. It always circles back to you. Jolene. Jo- I don't forget how that went. Jolene. Jolene. Don't Jolene. take my man. Don't take my map. Uh, yes. 
Okay, right. thank you very much. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, he can, uh, Lloyd, our dear friend from uh, Jacksonville knows Darlene. This is excellent. So we got to write that down, too. Yes, all right. So we send you the, the uh, video of crying children being sucked to get it to work. Send it to Lloyd's address. Send it to <laughs> Lloyd's game shop. Hello, I'm Lloyd. If, if you want these children to stop working, Darlene, yeah. you must provide the map. It's up to Darlene. It's in her hands. It's in her. If she wants to stop the child, she can stop the child labor <laughs> anytime you she wants. Only you. I need. I need some kind. Of, I need that music. I have to add that eyes of the. You know, in the eyes of the angel, you only you can stop these child labor. Oh, poor girl. She, she doesn't deserve this. She's like, who are these? Terrible. Idiots? Who are these idiots? She get a restraining order. She should. She wouldn't be the first. And very, it's very gotten very litigious. So uh, another fun project uh that we have been fortunate to partner with is uh flipping and turning which episode six just came out and we're going to have our dear friend the tim cask uh i have it over here oh you have your partners oh. at you mine is still in the plastic oh because uh if you sell yours on ebay Right, as soon as I can. Did you up the price? It's 900000 9, 9, No, it's still... Not, I, oh, I need to put it up. I had it 999 I have about 10 viewers still. 10 people looking. Watching. Or, watching. They're watching it. <laughs> They're I watching. It's ridiculous. I may, I may bring it down to 800 just to see if we get a nibble. And, you're and, and what James is talking about is he has put on Episode, eBay... The assigned copy of the original Mint, episode, uh, issue one. Right, for $999. Not, you can get it out there. So go on there and at least watch it, so that way it creates buzz. Right. That's what I did. I'm watching it. I, well, there's this feature, I don't know if, how familiar you are with eBay, but if people are watching, you can send them an offer. So I may send them an offer at $750. Yeah, right. Or take $10 off, yeah. <laughs> yeah $990. Yeah. That's even better. Yeah, clearance. For uh, one week. For one week. I'm going to reduce this. You can get $10 off. You'll you get a $10 coupon to the, to the Grog Talk shop. Cyber Heston, our dear friend from Sweden, just received his copy. Wait so. a second. Wasn't there a convention out there in Sweden at the beginning of the year? There was. That's right. We did look that up. Well, how did it go? Was oh, yeah. how, how Cyber did, Heston, how was right. the convention? You're exactly right. He did post that. How, is the, how did the convention we go? We hope it went very well. Hope there was a lot of old school role playing. Hope it wasn't a Swedish super spreader. Uh, they had a good alliteration. Swedish super spreader. <laughs> Say that fast. Swedish <laughs> super spreader. Swedish super spreader. That's true. I wonder how Sweden's doing. That would be, yeah. Well, they have cool stuff there. They have Volvos, right? Is that oh, what I think that's an answer. I can report that BaggyCon 1, also known as GrogCom <laughs> Europe, went very well. Oh. Excellent. Hey, got claps. Yes, excellent. Good to hear. Thank you, sir. Thank you for reporting that in. Uh, excellent. Get exclusive content, a behind-the-screen look at the podcast, and a chance to play with Dan and James. Support Grog Talk by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com backslash grogtalk. All right, sir. We are ready for sage advice. And I believe you, sir, are asking me questions. Is that correct? Right. And this is the segment of the show where one of us asked the other questions from the Sage Advice column in Dragon Magazine, and we see how sagacious we are. X, that's exactly right. I mean, well said. Thank that, you. That was, Don't be so, that was succinct and poignant. So Don't be so I, surprised. I was impressed. So you, you, can you see this over here? Are you kidding me? No way. Okay. Because I didn't think so. So what I do see is really ridiculously long answers. Right. I so, see a one-sentence question, 
And I see wall of text is the right. answer. This is so, this cannot be, who's our so gene? This cannot be my, my favorite Gene Wells. So this is not Gene Wells, probably. Unfortunately, these are, uh, what did you call it, epiphanal? Epif what is the, uh, without uh, notation. <laughs> oh, right, precarium. Precarium, that's right, as opposed to the perineum, which is what I thought it was. So that's really <laughs> well, it might be that. All right, so uh, precarium. Yeah, this is no precarious. One to, no one wants to take responsibility. That means there is, it is. Kind of like the something. Supreme Court recently, I think. That's what I've heard. The, 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 most of their rulings now, they just put on a oh. bar nap. And, there you go. I don't know. I don't care. No, it was 1982. Come on. Well, yeah, what did they do back then? All right. So we will do a couple of these because, you know, we are, I'm already up to, what is this? Dragon 64, which hasn't even happened. You're in yet. the future. I've gotten advanced copies from TSR. So, okay. Because. Well, no, but you know what it is, is that's probably when the questions were sent in. In January. Right. And they, they appeared in August. Exactly. So this is like, so these questions have come in. This is why you're a genius. <laughs> this is why you are the brains of this show. I know how to save, I know how to save a segment. Uh, so, uh, so, are you ready? I'm ready. As ready as I'm ever going to be. Okay. How do you figure the chance to open doors if more than one character tries to do it at the same time? Well, this is not answered in the text themselves. So there is no by the book answer to this. So I would say this is at the DM's discretion. Of course, you're going to want to make sure that there is enough space to have a handle for multiple characters to grab hold of. So that's really the first thing that you'd want to make sure is that multiple player characters can get hold of it. Mm -hmm. Then I think it would be the DM's discretion. But I think that a recommended thing would be perhaps to add the totals together. I'm not sure you should ever get six out of six. That'd be mine. I like that answer. Thank you. I don't know if it's right, but I like that answer because I've decided not to read ahead. I'm, so we're going to figure this out okay. together. Well, it's starting good. That depends on what sort of door the characters are confronted with, how the DM chooses to define and describe the door in game terms, and what the capabilities of the characters are. There are no set of rules. They put, oh, they use air quotes. Babe. See, that, that makes me correct. I'm, I, yes. I'm right. I'm correct at this point, aren't I? Right. And the only thing I was going to say is I do recall, didn't they say, oh, oh, that was for listening doors, that you could only three could listen at one time, right? If there was oh. the size of the door. Remember we did on door episode four, the infamous famous door thing? Well, we want a Peabody for that. That's right. That, that's what set this show off. <laughs> I mean, that is the classic. That that was, is, it's like your signature win. That was right. our signature episode. You know, once, once they realized we could spend an hour and a half on doors. That's how we get new viewers. We say, listen, if just, just give us a chance. Just listen. Do you know you say to people, like, when they want to watch a show, you say, right. look, watch this episode. Right. And if you don't like that episode. Don't, don't waste your time with the rest. Right. Doors. For us. Doors is, is, is that. So, uh, he, he continued, he or they, uh, the perineum, percurium people, <laughs> The size of the door and the number of gripping places, handles, mm -hmm. it has... I'm all about gripping places. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> handles and gripping, that's right. Uh, will help determine, first and foremost, whether two or more characters would even get their hands on it. Hey, now. <laughs> <We're> the... <laughs> <It's>, uh, hey. <laughs> it's the so 70s. It's, uh, oh, yeah, where is that? I got to go with my other... I thought, yeah, I thought for sure you're going to go the other way. That's right. There we go. So now somehow doors have become 70s board music. So, yeah. Okay. So um, going back to this, if they can, and if the door is nothing more than ordinary stuck or heavy doors described in the player's handbook, 
then the chance for a pair of characters to pull or push open the door might be as great as a simple sum of their chances. That's just like you wrote this yourself. Two characters, each with a strength of 12, would have a 1 in 4 chance together, while two characters with 16 or better would automatically open the door. So they allow for opening of the door. If you, if you oh, they do allow the automatic. I don't like anything automatic. Like right. One should always fail on saving. Throw. Well, then, basically, because, again, if you add up all the chances, you could be weaklings and... Six six of us could bash a, a dungeon door open, which just seems not correct. And it's fun to have, like, five people on a door, and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, that didn't work. No. <laughs> but, but here's the thing when people forget about doors, is unless you're talking, I believe, about trying to open a magically held or locked door when you have exceptional strength. Right. Other than that, I believe you can try as many times as, as many you times you want. It just makes more noise. And so you can use multiple people, and you can try as many times as you want. So really. Getting into a door, getting a door open, it's good, it should, it'll happen. The door can't say no. Right. Unless, unless it's unless, magically barred. Right. Or, um, yeah, magically barred, I think, is the one example. Is that the only exception, or is it? Well, if it's locked, of course. Yeah, if it's so locked it's, or locked and barred or something like that. It's, it's, it's ma- yeah, it's magically held, locked. Yeah, it probably says barred, too. Locked, barred, magically held, or wizard locked. So that What's interesting? Only... Wizard locked and magically held. A whole portal, and then whole, whole portal. portal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you're going to open it. You're just going to make you're going to make a lot of noise. And everyone should search for secret passages too. If you're if you're trying to do that, not just the elf, correct? Because everybody, right? You have a one in six chance, don't you? Normal person for what? Uh, secret, secret yes, doors. secret doors, and but that you can only do once. So, but it is funny that in our games, they people the players conflate that. So the, the fighter, the guy with the best, or gal with the best opportunity fails, and someone says, well, I'll do it. I'm like, you know, they can just do it again. So. Yes, that's right. So keep on going. Or the chance might not. Yeah, there's the line, right? There's a line at the door. That's right. There's a conga line as everyone's trying to do it. Even <laughs> the wizard's word. trying. Like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> the skinny, right? The skinny little seven. And then, of course, he's the one who makes it. The, the barbarian walks back. The halfling thief with the eight strength breaks open the door. But that is fun. When that one, it is the wimpy guy who right. does it. It's fun. funny. That is funny. So they continue, because this is this wouldn't be a sage advice about 14 paragraphs. Right. Or the chance might not be quite that great if the DM reasons that the individual characters can't each apply all the strength at their disposal. Lack of good balance. So that, perhaps the chance of two 12 strengths would only be one in three. And a pair of 16s, maybe eight or 90%. Exactly. Where I'm going to go back. Where's I need my crickets for that? Blah, blah, blah. So the procedure will vary according, so I'm not going to keep reading. The procedure used will vary according to the circumstances or surrounding. And if cases where it isn't a matter of life or death to that door to be open in the next round or action. It often doesn't really matter what the exact chance of success will be. A good DM won't make a big thing of it if two characters want to attack a door at the same time, unless there's something really important about the door or behind it. In which case, the door would generally already be locked or magically sealed to prevent it from being breached by strength alone. Oh, so this, this sage is basically saying, come on, man, let the guys through the door. Yeah, let's, why are you wasting time? That shouldn't be a big part of the adventure, open, right. <laughs> opening doors. <laughs> but, you know, we, I've, I've fallen back into it because it's in the rules. And there's times like, okay, we should try to remember, is this functionally important that this role happens? Right. In later editions, I've heard they just, you know, that you ought, that these things automatically happen. But we have this thing the door's stuck. These are dungeon doors. 
But yeah, if a goblin, if goblin, a goblin horde's chasing you, then you should make the roll. But if not, who cares? Why, why are you doing that? And they do need to be, but they're supposed to be a dungeon door. So right. your typical door is right. a wooden door that is in an area, let's say, of a dungeon, a goblin stronghold that is being used all the time, is not going to be stuck. Yeah, right. If, it's, if you're in the, like, uh, the Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh, or the Secrets of Sinister Salt, whatever it's called, that great module U1, you're in the mansion, you're in the abandoned mansion on right. the thing. The door, Scooby Doo mansion. Right. Those doors are going to easily open. Yeah, one hinge is off. <laughs> That's right. It's falling apart. <laughs> Wait, so yeah, so you're going to the tavern. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I can't get in. <laughs> Roll for. Can I get into the dun- thing? No. Yes. Oh, I did. But. Well, you know what's funny is that the players expect it. When they come, they're, they're, they're trained for this. Right. When they're, they come up to a door, they grab the D6. Like Pavlovian dogs. Yeah, they grab, and I think they would almost be disappointed. That is a good tell. So if, if you are a first edition person, or you want to see if someone's played fifth edition, yeah. or first edition, right. if they don't pick up a six iron when they try to open the door, they really haven't played first oh, edition. Oh, so you think if we went to a fifth edition game, and we were running it, for them, we would do a first edition, like, okay, you go to the door, and we told them, you know, you got to roll to open the door, they'd be like, what is wrong they with have, you, they old have, man? They, yeah, they'd be like, what is, what is this game? What okay. do we have to, we have to stitch our armor together? This is about opening doors, <laughs> Is that your arm together? You gotta make a roll to make your arm. Churn your butter. <laughs> you gotta make your. When I played first edition, we had to make our own rations. That's right. We made our own iron rations. <laughs> we didn't just go to the store and have adventure packs. You didn't just have a big equipment list. That's right. This is not like you'd have a big equipment list on the kits. player's handbook. You didn't have kits. You just figured it out yourself and you took it off of, off of your dead buddy. When I what grew up, happened? we made our kids draw the maps. <laughs> That's right. They had the and map. they liked it. <laughs> All right, now I got the next one. Okay. Okay. Another another missive Mm -hmm. that I am not reading. Once, so just for those keeping up, keeping track at home, this is literally a one-sentence question, and it has like five paragraphs. But do you remember the old thing where when you in school, when you had to read something, where you'd read the first line of the paragraph and the last line? And that would, you know, because you you could speed read that way. Because if the person was a good writer... That they would give you the info you needed, or you, or if if I remember back in the day, right? They'd go around the room. You have to read out aloud. Oh my gosh, yes! And you'd have to see what they were doing because usually it was like a play or something, and you'd like, oh, the next person's got this big exposition. You you got to try, try to. I used to, I would volunteer because I'd see like there's a part that's only oh. two sentences. Oh look, Amy very smart. Because I but then Susie got stuck with, or the person with the speech impediment got stuck. Oh, with. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. Was James a jerk yes. back in school? Oh, actually you weren't. You're, you're, you're telling tall tales. Well, yeah. I don't believe that for a second, James. <laughs> you're such a good boy. I didn't mean to screw the other person, but it, I'm sure it's happened. That's true. This is about intent. It wasn't your intent. I was not intent. I was, I, was James selfish? Yeah, was, the effect, was James the effect of James harmful to others? No. Oh. Wow. That was good. That was a learning. It was a growing experience, apparently. She got over the speech impediment. <laughs> or she decided... <laughs> Speaking wasn't for her. She just stopped doing that. Yeah. So, all right. So, you ready for your next one? Yes. I am. What is the chance for for climbing walls, etc.? Zero for non thieves. Zero. Is that your final answer? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <clears throat> well, okay. That's awful definitive of <laughs> you. Not much to talk about then. The same chance thieves have of knowing spells or possessing eighteen double zero strength. None. <laughs> 
So I can hear all the fighters saying, but I can hide in shadows. Watch this. Yeah, well, did you train to do it? No, you didn't. Even though the thief's abilities have rather unimpressive mundane names, they are indeed special abilities and can be successfully performed only by someone who has and continues to take training in the thief profession. In a standard AD&D campaign, there can be no deviation from this rule and is a fact of life as much as a rule of the game. Only thieves can employ abilities described as unique to their class, just as clerics can do only what clerics are described as being capable of. This is obvious necessary from a playability standpoint. Logical as well. It takes great training, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, I assume... Don't read the rest. No. I assume we're talking about walls. I mean, yes, obviously, I can try to climb a tree. Right. And I... So walls, because we tend to use the climb walls number, skill, for a lot of things with a thief, wouldn't we? Like, if you're right. climbing a tree, wouldn't you probably do an adjustment? Yeah, I'd basically say it's almost automatic. Yeah, okay. Um, but so, I assume we're just, we're really talking about Almost sheer. And I know that there's different the cracks, the mounts, yeah, and, and then, all that. Yeah, the DMG. DMG went into that. You're right. But basically, you're talking about fairly sheer, though, right? right? I mean, even when you're talking about it's got cracks, I mean, it's still, it's... Vertical. Yeah, you're it's like vertical and, and, yeah, it's not a tree, which, again, children... The, of course, the lament there is, well, children can climb trees. Well, you can, too, as well, but they, yeah. they can't climb walls. Right. I mean, it is uh, almost a superhuman uh, skill set that they have. It's very Spider-Man-ish. Right, right, exactly. So, so it, it ends back to you using your uh, rule, the first and last paragraph. Let's see. No, in no case could it be justified for non-thieves to have the ability to climb walls using the same reasoning. However, first of all, an ability has no direct relation to its dexterity. No, no, wait, no, no, no. See, no, I said it's the first and it's the first sentence and last sentence of each paragraph. Oh, okay. not the first and last paragraph. Oh, see this? Now that's why this is going terrible. Now, <laughs> see where's the? So look, read the first. What's the first one of the? Just read the first paragraph. What's the first and last of this next paragraph that I didn't read? You can do any of them you want. Just you okay. do the first and last. In extraordinary circumstances, for the sake of experimentation, non-thief characters with exceptional high dexterity might be allowed a chance of successfully performing certain thief-like abilities. Thus, a non-thief with sixteen dex would have a five percent chance of using opening locks ability. <laughs> But no other thief-like abilities. Okay, that didn't work. Well, you gotta... Who wrote this? That's right. Just read the first sentence. That's what I say. <laughs> the first sentence of each paragraph. I mean, the short answer is no. And you as the DM, if it makes sense that you don't want to diminish the thief class, like, again, climbing a tree, um, if, if people make a human pyramid and they want to climb up to a window that's up there, you can do some of that nonsense. Right. But you sure. They can't climb walls like a thief. Absolutely. All right, one more? We'll do one more. Sure. Well, might as well keep it dissertation. All right. Now, this is actually a long one. Here we go. Can a two-classed, may want to pay it. Pay it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fighter cleric use edge weapons and mix the use of these with the use of clerical ability spells? Question. I guess there's multiple parts. If this is not allowed, if this is not allowable, does, this, does that mean a two-class character must follow the conditions of the more restricted class with regards to the use of certain weapons, the wearing of certain armor, and other particulars? Okay, now i got to remember not to get confused about this, because we talked about bards. Right. And if I recall correctly, bards, you have to stop. You, you, you can use edge weapons as a fighter, and then the minute you're a, a druid or a cleric, I can't remember, you, you can't use it. 
uh, or, or, you know, you have to, oh, no, when you become a thief, then you have to go back to wearing just leather armor. I think with multi-class, I do not know the answer to this, but I'm going to guess. I believe that with, with dual class, right. you absolutely can. I mean, that's the whole point of dual class. So I would assume that you can continue doing whatever you could do under the prior class as well as what you're able to do. Because I think if you're a fighter cleric, you're first a fighter and then you become a cleric, you would be able to use edge weapons. That is my answer. And I'm going to buzz you and ding you at the same time. Okay. Because it, this is a hard one because the what he, the he, I, I'm assuming he, the, the questioner, uses two class. Right? So what is a two-class? Oh, you mean that might be multi-class? Well, it could be multi-class. Well, multi-class, then you've you got to do whatever the rules say. Right. So basically that's how this paragraph starts. In essence, be, uh, being a character with two classes means you can do different things at different times, which m makes double duty desirable for some players and their characters. But two-class characters, always human. So again, that's what they're trying to delineate between multi-class versus a dual-class. Can't legitimately mix the abilities and benefits of different classes at the same time. The way multi-class, always non-human or semi-human. They quite interesting they put semi-human. Do they mean demi-human? Oh, semi-human. How rude. <laughs> you're a semi-human. Oh, you're so, oh, the, oh, the <laughs> humanity. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the semi-humanity. <laughs> no, we don't allow any semi-humans in here. Uh, no, leave, you, leave your semi-humans at the door. <laughs> I'm zero human, dude. I'm a cobalt. <laughs> semi-human, I'm a... Because yeah, I was suggesting like part human, like a half orc semi human, right? That's right. A cobalt's not a semi human. Oh, the semi humanity. Oh, That's the semi humanity. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the demi humanity. Oh, the demi semi humanity. Wait, wait, I'm going to be so. So wait, what they're, they're saying, saying no? Is, no, they're saying depending on what it is. If you're multi class, yes. aka uh, a demi human, demi semi human, cleric assassin, you can do that. If you're a dual class, there are restrictions. Oh. There are. Where are those restrictions? Well, they're going to go over it. Oh. Like it says on page 33 of the player's handbook, restrictions regarding armor, shield, and weapons apply with regards to operations, particularly to one of those classes. This is with regards to dual class. From the statement, an example that follows is concerning a two-class, meaning dual class in our case, fighter and magic user. We can see that the intent of the rules is to keep the class function separate. The result is that a two-class two character must be played quite differently than a multi-class character who is practicing the same profession. Oh, so unlike an elf, fighter magic user, right. who can wear armor. Correct. If I am a human, dual class fighter magic user, so I have to take off my armor to cast spells? Go look at page 33. Yeah, so I should have done that, because that's the first thing, is that sage advice, there's an answer in the book, obviously, then you just do that. Okay. The character two classes, unlike multi-class characters who are of not, or semi-human. Semi-human. Wow. I'm, I'm... Oh, 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 multi-class. Oh, yeah, so, th so this is, so semi-human is half work and half elf. Yes. Got it. That's what it means. I, look, we learned something. 45 years. No semi-humans in it. Yeah. Got to use that somewhere. Oh, the semi-humanity. Be, well, it could be a very Because that could be a love song. Oh, the semi-humanity. Oh, <laughs> you're giving yourself more work. <laughs> love song. Love song. Oh, the semi-humanity. Forbidden love. <laughs> Semi-humans. <laughs> that should be our... Well, we've already talked about that, that's, but I mean... Semi-humans. Like, that's a good name of the opening band for... The semi-humans. semi-humans. Yes. Was there the sub-humans? No. I don't know. I, maybe. I don't know. Which, by the way, I know we're... T since we... This is a brand new year. We've got... You, you've inspired me to come up 
we need to work on the pseudo undead uh, band thing sooner than later. Thank you for reminding me because I actually want to do that and I need to do it. You said I could pick, I could, well, I don't. You have to pick the tour dates. Wait, what do you mean? You don't mean pick the tour dates. You mean identify what the tour dates were right. in 1980. Because uh, there's been talk about a 40th anniversary tour. Right. It hasn't there? That's right. That's what right. was the tour? Do we, do we remember what the tour was? Well, is? this was, this, uh, I don't remember the tour name. Was it, was it The Disciple? Uh, well, that's a punishing the acolyte. That's way later. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed that you don't remember the history of pseudo undead. I mean, well, I'd have to look it up on Wikipedia. You should do Wikipedia. <laughs> Someone should do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I, I mean, I have. I, I, I wrote this down because it's just been so long. But right. The, years. This year is Losa Member. Is that's oh. the album? Losa Member album. Oh, so this is the 40th anniversary of the Losa Member tour. tour. Right. Losa Members on tour. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait to see that artwork. <laughs> the pixelated. That's right, most of numbers. Forty years go on. That's right. This is that's the full album. I mean, because so I, I am. They, they, do they? Play, I think they play with the Go Go's. <laughs> and the police. They opened at Boston Garden. <laughs> it was very. It's it's very little known that it was right. It was it was pseudo undead. The Go Go's and the police. Can Did we they, put that on a t shirt? Or are we going to get sued? I, I the go-go's, you know what I mean? Like with the go-go opening for go-go's and the police <laughs> at Boston Garden. Can it be Loverboy and... Uh, well, there's a lot of bands. They did a lot of... They got uh, fired Ka- a lot. Uh, what was that? Uh, Cross. Uh, not Crosby, still in that. Uh, what was that guy's Cross? Chris Cross? Chris, not Chris Cross. The, <laughs> Who's Chris Cross? Um, Chris Cross. What Christopher Cross. You r- yeah. Ride like the wind. Da, da, yeah. da, da. You know, the, all, oh, the yacht rock man. that was back, you know, back then. Like oh. the... You know, all that really terrible stuff. Yes. That's why it would be great pseudo undead with Chris. They're Chris getting Brown. like, yeah, they're not getting a good reception. They're gonna, that's going to be like the Blues Brothers when they're at the uh, country bump. Yeah, they played both. They played both types. They can play both types of music, country and western. So that's right. Okay. Anyway, my point of all this nonsense is that I feel like we have. I'm I'm very close. I've I've got a lead on some cassettes for the original EP. Yeah. Out. Cassettes. 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 Get out. EPs for the cassettes. That's that is. I said. I wonder if I could find. And they're very rare. They're extremely rare. So um, it would be good if we had some other information, so that a limited run of these were found. You know, buried in someone's mom's, along with Gene Wells' (laughs) module. Gene Wells' module. Right. Frank Menser listened to the Cedar or Dead tape and was like, oh, this is crap. This is crap. <laughs> Bury this with Wells. That's right. Princess Mod. This was the EP. This was the uh, Whoa. four song EP is being. I, I, so this I, is before Low Member. Right. This is this is 1981. This is just just came out. This was the thing that got them the, the studio time to do Low Member. Wow. OK. And so then there'll be the 40th anniversary T-shirt. Right. And are you thinking of this being on sale at GrogCon? Yes, definitely that would be at GrogCon. But, Got it. But, but you don't need anything from me from the EP. No, the only thing we need to do is I'd, I need, we need to come up with the band names and these type of things. So just in case when this gets discovered, the artwork would make some more sense. Okay, we'll talk about that. You know what I'm saying? I do. Sure. Okay, All so right. keep going. Unlike multi-class characters who are <laughs> non or semi Wait a minute, David Thompson had a great idea. So yes. we... Uh, Pseudo Undead opened for Tiffany at the mall. 
I wait. I think you are. Damn, think we're alone now. I actually like that song. <laughs> I had a crush on Tiffany. Did you have a crush on Tiffany? No. And Debbie Gibson. They were. What the '86? Well, I guess I would have. They were. So, I, I wasn't old that old enough because they seemed they seemed no, twelve. Tiffany opened for the pseudo on that. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. Tiffany was like thirteen. Oh yeah. Oh, I got yeah. honey. I got you a gig with this band. <laughs> Can you imagine the crowd? You would have hated <laughs> Tiffany. Oh my God, that's horrible. What a girl. Oh, okay. Uh, that's awesome. The character with two classes must be you. I have to shift over. I got to move over. Hold on. Oh, you've been getting out of the, uh, the spotlight, literally. To attain the second class. Okay. Keep going. All right. When the character. I'm going to have to just get closer to you cease... for COVID because I don't want to fool with the camera. When the character. Opts to cease his or her old profession and become a new class. The character retains the number of hit dice and the commensurate hit points due to a due to a character of the level of his or her class. However, all other functions of the character are at first level of experience, for that is his or her ability in the newly passed class. Furthermore, if during the course of any adventure the character resorts to the use of any of the capabilities of functions of his or her former class, the character gains no experience for the adventure. Oh my God, that's horrible. Having switched classes, the character must perform strictly within the parameters of his or her new profession. Reversion to the former class negates all experience potential for the new class with respect to the course of recent activities, i.e. the adventure during which the original profession functions were resorted to. At such time as the character has attained a level of experience in his or her new class, which right. exceeds... Oh. That was beforehand. That's, you can't use any of the old stuff. We talked about that during the Bard nonsense. Wait, so am I just switching? At, once you get, so it's, if you were a fifth level magic, let's say you were a fifth level fire, you became a first level magic. You are a first level magic. You cannot use any of your fire things. You have to basically forget them until you exceed that. Once you become a sixth level magic user, now you're reading the next Oh, part. I see. At such time as a character has attained a level of experience in his or her new class, which exceeds a character's former class, ah, then I get to... Number two, I'm on page 33 of the player's handbook. The character may mix functions freely and still get experience, although restrictions regarding armor, shield, and or weapon apply with regard to operations particular to one or both classes. Okay, so it sounds like... I and then they gave the example, which, of course... Oh, I stopped reading. It's 2022. Don't change. Don't ever change, Dan. I know. Stop the first reading. part, you stop. You, it was going to answer it. You didn't read the next part. And then I the know. part that we... They referred to you didn't do. So long. Okay. All right. So where is it then? Uh, so example at the bottom. I've got you right. So, but in all other respects, he or she must be a person of imaginary. Okay. I guess I when, should write from the yeah, beginning. Yeah. When we have, no, don't read the whole beginning. When it's at the last sentence. When the seventh level is gained, however, the character gains four sided dice for additional hit points and can sustain. He or she can sustain at the new level further. The character can now carry, but not wear armor or weapons normally used by magic users. And resort to the use need arise and not be penalized. Okay. So wait, so I can. So you they, can you can have your armor. You could be fighting, fight, 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 fight. And then if you're like, oh crap, I got to cast invisibility. You got to strip off your crap, throw it in a backpack or your bag of holding. You can cast invisibility. It says and the character penalized. can now carry but not wear armor and weapons that normally used by magicians. And resort to this if need arises and not be penalized. Oh, right. my gosh. It's a big pain in the butt. It really is. So, yeah. So, basically, you get to do the fun. You have to. Uh, am I in my magic user function or am I in my fighter function? Right. right? So, I can use edged weapons. 
as long as I'm fighting, but I'm going to get in big trouble if I'm like, I'm, I can't cast clerical spells then while I'm holding an edged weapon. Oh, That's we right. T- we did talk. Yes. It seems ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Okay. All right. Well, you did pretty good. Well, I don't know why that person wrote that. The question is answered in the player's handbook. Uh, that, well, that's very good. Hold on. Let's see. We got someone just messaged us. What is it? Hello. Oh. Well, and while you're looking at that, can I mention the upcoming conventions? Yes. Okay. So uh, we mentioned this before, but, uh, oh, wait, it just passed. January 9th and 10th was, <laughs> was winter fantasy. Uh, or that was one of the hot dogs. Did you go? I was no, I did. Uh, I love hot dogs. I would love a hot dog. Now I'm starving. I had cereal. Didn't do it. February fifth through seventh is Gen Con South. Oh, ah. Uh, yep. You know who we need to talk about? Gen Con South. What talk about Gen Con South? Rob Ritchie. You go there. Yeah, that's right. And who's going to be coming on? Oh, he's going to be coming on in twenty minutes. Well, do you know? I also messaged on Facebook the person who was the contact person for Gen Con South in 1982, asking him to come on and talk about it. Stunningly, I received no response. <laughs> The Calford Dragoons and TSR Hobbies again sponsor the wintertime retreat at the Jacksonville Beach Convention Center, Gen Con South, February 5th through the 7th, 1982, and Viking Con 3, February 5th through 7th, 1982, which will be in uh, Western Washington University. 40 years, uh, assuming we remember we're sort of in 2022, that's 40 years ago you could have went to Gen Con South. I know. But I was like 13. No one, would drive, ride. No one would drive you up there. It's a long way to ride your bike. <laughs> that's, that is, that's, a, that's a long bike ride. I'd have to run away, basically. So moving on from uh, the, I think, so I made an executive decision on Random Encounter. That Are you firing Litchie Woman? I, I retired her. Yeah, it's a she's, new year. It's a jubilee. That's okay. kind of what I thought. Okay. Well, she didn't come back from the holidays. Yeah. Okay. I just said it's a new year. Let's just start over. I agree with that. So we have two new, two new, two new participants. It's a uh, we grog prerogative. Great job. She didn't come back. She souls and she's got other things too. She's quite quite bored with our fetal att- fetal fetal futile. <laughs> I almost said fecal because I was staring at this <laughs> nice. nice the fecal futile attempts at trying to take her out. She's like, I'm a lich. Do you know how powerful a lich is? You're trying to take her out. Hey, baby. That's right. She didn't like Will it. Will you date me? No, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> you're a semi-human. That's <laughs> probably make me into a semi-human. Okay, so what you're telling me is we have two roles. That's right. We have two roles. We're going to okay. have two new, what, this is random encounter. Let's see, and I knew someone was going to be unhappy. Oh, so they're unhappy about the woman? No, they're unhappy. I was concerned about you covering Groggy. Oh, boy, Victor. So we're in trouble with Vic. There you go. I remember I was kind of saying, oh, it should be in the middle. And you're like, and then initially, so Vic, she, he wanted like, right? Well, where's, where's Gronky? Look, if I can give a go delicious, come on. Uh, oh, oh, boy, oh. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Yeah, this is not good. This is going to fall. Oh, boy. Can you kind of? Yeah. Yes. It's like a bridge that's creaking. <laughs> yeah. My work should not be messed with. Forty dollars. Let me just take this thing up there. There he is, right there. So we've we've retired. This is not the first time we retired a uh, monster. I don't know. I think there's power still. There you go. Oh yeah. Put a new battery in. Bam. All right. How you feel? Uh, battery. All right. Yeah, you can sort of see. She, he's see. It's. He'll adjust. You, James, you'll adjust this, right? Yes, I'll. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
Guess what? We get to roll two. That's right. You get to roll two. Dice. So two times. One from each. One from each. Okay. So, so the first one you will be running. The second one I'll run. Okay. Right? So the first one is yours. So you get green fully. Okay. It's being fully. Well, you can roll the dice stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, this is the segment of the show where we randomly roll a monster, discuss it, and then have it fight the champ. But as James mentioned, it's the new year, so we are going to roll two monsters, discuss two of them, and have them fight each other. The first one will be rolled from the Fiend Folio, James. Could you please roll for me a D10? D10. D10. Five. Okay. We are starting the new year. In the suburb? Makes sense. January? Dice, dice, don't, dice don't lie. Not in Australia. North America it is. Okay. Right, for the north half of the planet. I now need you to roll a D8 because we need to find out what terrain are we in. D8, please. Oh, D8. D8, please. Yes, there's actually seven, so don't roll an eight. Two. We're in the... Noah, who doesn't like being in the scrub in the subarctic? Subarctic scrub. Subarctic... <laughs> that's the bad... Subarctic scrub. Subarctic. Or maybe it's more like a facial cleaner, maybe, or something like that. Right. Like exfoliating. Well, I'm sure we, but if we package it, people would buy it. Subarctic scrub. Grog talk, <laughs> subarctic scrub. Scrub. See it on the gift shop. Yes. Subarctic scrub. Okay. I now need you to roll percentile dice. All right. Percentile. 31. 30. Oh, this is a big number. Uh, wait. Nope. Herd animal. We've done herd animal. Yeah, we've done herd animal. So roll it again. Unless we're going to pick a different herd animal. Well, but it's just like a... 78. It's a generic. Wooly rhinoceros. Ooh. Wow. Wooly? Wooly. Wooly the rhinoceros. Wooly the rhinoceros. Okay. Wooly the rhinoceros. Are we going to roll... Are we going to talk about Wooly and then roll up the next one? Or are we going to roll them both up? Let's let's roll them both up because I will forget. We'll either... Now, the, the first one is yours. So this... I am Wooly. You'll you'll be playing Wooly, which I think is appropriate. It is. I need to find... A rhinoceros. Okay. So this is coming from the Monster Manual 2. I need you to roll a D10, please. D10. Two. This is creatures coming out of the dungeon. Ah, the dungeon. into the subarctic. I need you uh, to... Emerging into the subarctic scrub. Oh, it's coming out of hibernation. Right. New I like year. It. I need you to roll a D10 for monster level. Ooh, nine. Oh, no. That's not good for the woolly This is not going to be a ledge. All right, now you know I need a D8 and a D12. Yes. Using your fecal dice. Yes. 13. 13. Stone Golem. Oh. Okay. All right. Stone Golem. That's a classic. It is. Okay. Not as, not as deadly as I... I mean, there are a lot of level 9 things that are painful. That wasn't too bad. So, so where is the woolly rhinoceros? He's in the subarctic scrub. Well, I understand. Oh, sorry. In the, in the... He's in the... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't you. know the answer to that. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, wow, you've got that already? Um, I don't know. Oh, he is in the Monster Man. He is. What page? Page 82. 82. Now, I see... It looks like there is a rhinoceros on the bottom left, correct? Which is knocking two fighters over, and that's a rhino, and I don't think he's... I don't know if he's woolly. Right. Don't know. Okay. So woolly rhinoceros. Oh, I like this. And, and the uh, futile uh, attempts, the fecal attempts at killing him with the spear. The spear is crap. Yes. It's, it's it is sticking in him, but, sticking, but he's crap. like, whatever. Yes. I would have liked him eating one of these guys instead. 
Woolly rhinoceros, a large... Sorry, I was looking at it, so I can't... Oh, okay, you want me to play the game? I can't play the game. Oh, this is very scary. Very scary. Woolly rhinoceros, frequency? Uh, uncommon? Common. Wow. Woolly rhinoceros, wow. So there's hill giants, orcs, woolly rhinoceros. Trolls, right? Is trolls common? Oh, that's a great question. Let's see. We should do an article. You should do an article on, on <laughs> common monsters. I like how you quickly changed that to, you should do an article. Common monsters. Unki trolls are uncommon. Okay, thank you. Okay, but woolly rhinoceros is so strangely common. Uh, number appearing? Uh, two to six. One to four. AC? Five. Correct. Very good, sir. That I, get, that I guessed. Movement. This is scary. Fifteen? A twelve. The years was scarier. Percent in layer? Twenty percent. Nil. Oh. There's they, no layer. They don't have a layer. Oh, no. This is the scariest part. Hit dice? They're pretty high up there. I don't know. Eight or nine or something like yeah, that. Pretty good. That's what a regular rhinoceros is. Actually, eight to nine. Ten. Ooh, ten hit dice. Oh, but here's the good news. Treasure type? None. Nil, yeah. <laughs> Their, their poop is their treasure. That's right. Um, number of attacks? Uh, I guess one? Yeah, just one, which is interesting. The regular rhinoceros has two. Yeah. Wait. I mean, oh, no, no, wait a second. No, there's something different. No, it has one, but it's two to eight, so it's two to 12. So I don't know why there is, is it, I don't know why there's two different ones, but this is just two to 12. But it does have a special attack. It has a charge, and it is large. So here it is. Woolly rhinoceros. Charge, large and in charge. Large, uh, charge and large, a large, very aggressive species of rhinoceros, which roams the cold, temperate, and subarctic regions of the Pleistocene. 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 Epoch. Does that mean? But that, does that mean that they're not coming around now? The woolly rhino conforms to the characteristics of its modern relatives. Okay. So it's just a better rhinoceros. But these are, yeah, because the regular rhinos are less aggressive and will run away. Oh, they feel threatened. But most will charge. Oh, a few are less aggressive. Okay, but most will charge. Poor eyesight, a keen sense of hearing and smell. Okay. Uh, there it is. So, oh, a single horn rhinoceros. Oh, they're single and double the two to eight points of damage and have eight hit dice. Two horn rhinos have nine hit dice and do more damage. I guess we don't care about it when it's the woolly, because it is what it is. Oh, a charging rhino does double damage. This is going to be great. I'm going to charge. Right. They will trample any opponent, which is low enough for this action. Well, you're a stone golem. Yeah. Uh, okay. and, oh, and then trampling inflicts two to eight hit points of damage. Oh, is that what the two to eight is, do you think? So do you think that uh, is a two to eight? Can I trample you as a woolly? No, I'm a stone giant. No, no, I meant... I'm able to do that because it doesn't say two to eight, but I assume I can do trampling damage as a woolly too. Yeah, you could for each which hits. Yeah, so I can do. If you well, if you charge and you hit, you basically what I read this is they will trample any opponent which is low enough for that. So if they are low enough, you can trample. So I get and, four attack, and then you would you damage for each four foot. There's only you only oh, have two four foot. foot. Okay, but so I oh basically that's awesome. So I basically squash a gnome. Yes. You totally wreck him. You gore him and then smash him. That's right. So that's, that is the rhinoceros. Okay, so you don't want to get in the way of a charging rhino. No. You don't. <laughs> Think of if you're a halfling. Anything, <laughs> anything medium size or less, you do not want to get into his business. Okay. Now, stone golem. Yes. They usually have, now golems. Page 48. And golems, and just in general, golems, they are magically created, aren't they? That is correct. By very high level. Probably Litchie, this is Litchie Willem's golem. Oh, 
Yes, right. She sent him. She's retiring. Right. She sent him to do her dirty work. And they follow directions, though, don't they? Like, they're very much like skeletons or zombies in a certain sense. Isn't that right? They, get, they have instructions. Do they think on their own, or they just follow? They, they follow a certain basic instruction. Yeah, because the intelligence is not on all of these. Right. So they're just magic. Yes. They're not anything more than magic. Correct. Columns are, well, there it is. Columns are magically created creatures. There are four different types, all but the flesh column are created from earthen components. Okay, magical creatures with hit dice equal to or greater than those of the, of the golem. Oh, wait a second. Magical creatures with hit dice equal to or greater than the golem are able to attack with effect. Is this that business now? Well, this is a little different. Oh, and I know if you're certain hit dice, you can hit well, if was, you don't was, have the magical I was going to try to get this, but you, you, you short-circuited. So what, what are you talking about? I'm talking. Back up a sec. Well, let's, let's talk about stone. Yes. Because we'll get to that, won't right. we? Yes. We were reading at the top of Gollum. Before, like, a lot of the monsters have multiple types. There's, like, a couple of paragraphs introducing it. Let's talk about the Stone Gollum first, and then we'll go back into this, because this, this is going to be a problem. Okay. For the Stone, for the, for the Wooly. Oh, boy. So, Stone Gollums of man-like shape are constructed by means of a magical tome or a magic user of 16th or higher level. Which was Litchie Woman. Oh, my. Employing the following spells. Wish, polymorph, any object. Uh, I never know how to pronounce Gaius it. or geese. Gaius and slow. The cast in materials. Oh, the cost of materials is 1,000. Yeah, you thought I couldn't read that. The cost of materials is 1,000 gold pieces for hit points. So it's not cheap. And it requires two months construction time. So basically. It's like it's the like, Death Star. Yeah, so basically it's like, what are you doing in there all this time? Quiet. Like, you know, and you look through the window. Silence. And, right. And he's this big. He's mm-hmm. creating this big. Um, they're big. Nine and a half. You need a call. You need a big room. It looks like he almost looks like uh, Optimus Prime or one of those. He looks like a either a decept. He maybe he's a Decepticon. Yeah, he's why is his head all pointing like that? He doesn't look like stone. <laughs> I am Decepticon. I don't. Yeah, and he's got a little sunbeam. He's got a sun on him, and it's a good picture. DC three. But he should shouldn't he look more like um, who was the one from uh, the uh, who were those four dudes? He had the flame on woman and uh, oh, Fantastic Four, the, yeah, uh, yeah, rock yeah. dude, yeah, the rock dude, exactly. I know I'm doing Pulp Fiction basically here, like That's right. Right. the rock dude, yes. Wasn't that, yeah, shouldn't he look more like that? Yes, he doesn't look. He like doesn't that. look like that. He no. looks he looks like some kind of Decepticon. He looks more metal, right? All right, well, that's good. Okay, up with metal, metal, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pseudo undead, dude. Get off the stage, uh, Tiffany. You suck. You suck, Tiffany. <laughs> I go back to high school. And then all the girls leave and we're like, oh, where'd they go? Oh, Tiffany's gone. No, I think maybe Tiffany was dating one of the band members. Pseudo undead, you think? Yeah. Well, let's find out. Well, let's find out. Yeah. Did Tiffany date one of the members of Pseudo Undead? No. With an exclamation <laughs> no. point. Nope. As if. As if. <laughs> okay. All right. Gag me with a spoon. Wow. Uh, once created, the stone golem can be controlled by its creator. Ah, she's like, ah, it's mm-hmm. a puppet master. And it will understand and obey simple commands. Oh, so you just, you don't have to, like, you don't have to give it, like, instructions in advance. You just walk around like, get him. Right. Attack, Attack man. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, Attack, stop, wait, go. So you can give directions in advance, though. If anyone comes to this door, kill him. Right, well, that's what it says. The golem can be made to stand and wait to attack until, yeah, I need to keep reading, until someone does something to trigger the golem. 
In addition to its normal attack, the Stone Golem is able to cast a slow spell on any opponent within one inch, i.e. 10 feet, of its front facing every other melee round. That's insane. That is insane. The strength of a Stone Golem is twice that of a Flesh Golem. It does one point of structural damage every other melee round. Oh! So you can have Stone Golems come up, like to break down, right. like... So you're the wizard, and you're, like, attacking the castle. Right, exactly. The stone golem comes. That's right, bashing at it. March of the stone. Oh, do you create an army of Why golems? Not? Why not? Oh. I don't, I don't think, what's good about these, some of the other golems lose their mind. They go insane after being damaged. Oh, really? The flesh golem's kind of creep. Yeah, the flesh, if I remember correctly, right? The, um... Is that why you go to get the flesh pole? <laughs> you're buying flesh? Buying flesh for the flesh golems. So, yeah, some of them go crazy. The clay golem looks like he needs a better pair of britches to fill. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not a good. That's a little tidy tidy whitey on that. It's a little <laughs> too tight for him. <laughs> not a good look. So there's one more paragraph. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't notice that on the other page. Normal weapons do not harm stone golems. In fact, it requires weapons of plus two or greater enchantment to damage them. The only spells which affect a stone golem are rock to mud. Uh, slows the golem 50% for 2 to 12 melee rounds. Mud to rock restores all damage suffered by the golem. And stone to flesh makes the golem vulnerable to normal attacks on the following melee round. So now the question arises. There is a, there is a conversion you've alerted me to in the DMG, correct? For magical weapons, if you are a certain number of hit dice, you can attack even if you don't have the magical weapon. Right, so normally, if, you ha if a creature has... The ability uh, who has protection from normal weapons or says must be hit by plus one or better weapons, there's a conversion in the DMG that if you're high enough hit dice, you, or, uh, you, can, you can eschew that requirement. So if you go to the, go to the combat table. I'm flipping and turning. You're flipping and turning. And you're going to page 75. Okay. I'm there, sir. Uh, the lower left. Thing. Despite special defense which protects certain creatures from attacks by non-magical weapons, these monsters can be effectively hit by attackers as follows. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. This does not apply to characters of any sort. So if you don't, it doesn't matter what level you are. If you don't have a magic weapon, you're SOL. This provides for magical properties the size of the attacking monster. Thus, massive hill giants can effectively attack most creatures, and all other types of giants can affect, can affect everything save a few gods. So that's the standard rule. Now. Here's, here's the interesting conundrum. Is, sage is a sage advice statement about to break out? I, well, it could be. So here in the Monster Manual, which was produced in what year? 1977. Seven, right. Is, and the DMG was produced in? 79. That's right. So the second paragraph of page 47 says, Magical creatures with hit dice equal or greater than those of the golem are able to attack with effect. So it says magical creatures with hit dice. For purposes of determination of hit dice, figure 4.5 hit points per die and points rounded up. Thus, a flesh golem nine, has 9 hit dice, a clay golem has 11, a stone giant 14, and an iron golem has 18. So if you are a magical creature with hit dice equal or greater, then the golem are able to attack with effect. So, what we're, so the question oh, is, boy. in 1977, the woolly, the woolly rhinoceros is what hit dice? 10 hit dice? 10. It's 10 hit dice. In 1977, based on this ruling, he would not be able to hit the stone. Can we please? Uh, okay, this is a very important question. But, but going to 1979, says he needs plus, two, well, 
I'm, I'm, artic- I'm extrapolating because it says stone golems require weapons of plus two or greater. Typically, plus two or greater right. means a six plus two hit dice or more. Okay. So, uh, could we please look up? I'd like to look up another creature to help answer this question. So, like a white. A white is, these are the ones that are, exist partly on the negative material plane. Right. So, a white, does a white exist partly on the negative material plane? I think it says so. And you, you, you've said this a number of times. I've just accepted it. Oh, I point. thought that's what it is. It's you because could be it exists right. partly on the negative. I, I feel something. Oh, wait. Like there, oh, oh, no. They're silver. Oh, no. Silver or magical weapons. Yes. They're fed only by silver magical weapons. Okay. Whites are on page 100. Uh, because these monsters exist simultaneously on the normal and negative uh, planes. Yeah. On the material plane, they're affected only by silver magical weapons. So there are other creatures where it does exclude, doesn't say magical creatures, it says magical weapon. And then, as you pointed out, the golem says magical creatures. So we've got a, is the Chamberlain uh, from Australia? I know we have a number of Chamberlains. Is the Chamberlain on or has he uh, fallen asleep? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> Uh, I always wondered how intelligent. Uh, blah blah blah. So has a clay golem has a chance for the golem to go nuts. Yeah, okay, that was that that. Uh, so the question is, as we read it, there's a very yeah. specific rule in the 1977 monster manual that says only magical creatures that are 11 hit dice or greater would be able to strike at the stone golem. On page 75 of the DMG, it says if something needs a magical weapon plus two or greater, um, you only need to be six plus three hit that. Yeah, weapons plus two or greater they, damage. Right. They, they haven't been paying attention. They've been doing their own thing. They're like, yeah, they're, checking they're not out. even here for I, us. They're, they're here for themselves, which is awesome. We're, right. we're glad. Right. We're like Sam and Diane. Well, you right. know what I mean. Little they di- just come, they come and talk. And we just, okay. Golem, all right, all right. Magical creatures with a hit dice equal to or greater than those of the golem are able to attack with effect. So, right, because so you need a plus, it requires plus two or greater enchantment to damage them. So, so this, this rule, that right. rule has been superseded by the DMG. May, this, right, right, this the one over two. here, right, the page 49 one. So let's just start with. The page 49 sentence, and it's fascinating. The page 49 sentence, okay? I agree, because there's two rules. You got this one. You got the plus two, you got the special stone golem rule. I agree with you. That has been superseded by, or supplemented. Supplemented. By 75, which means that it does say then it requires, so you would, you would have to be either a plus two or better. Or a six hit dice. So, so far, so good for the Wooly Rhino. Right. Now we but, back up. But the problem is there's a very specific ruling right there. For all golems. Right. Exactly right. Magical creatures with hit dice equal to or greater than those of the golem are able to attack with, with effect. effect. Does this mean, are they saying then that any, this overrides, so this is like in addition to that other rule? So in other words, if I don't have a plus two, if I don't have a plus two weapon. Again, this, about, that didn't exist in 1979, right, 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 the DMG. Right, right. So this was the rule. This was the, this was the rule that they eventually made into that one, in my opinion. So let's just let's forget about the DMG for a second. I've got to wrap my brain around the Monster Manual. So what, is what the Monster Manual is saying is that 
It says normal weapons don't harm stone golems. It requires a plus, plus two. two or greater. So if I have a plus two weapon, I'm a you, fighter with a plus two sword. It. I can damage Regardless it. of your level. Or, are you, and are you reading this as an or? Right. Or so you're if, a magical creature of 11 hit dice or better. Bigger. Then I, I don't need the magical Correct. weapon. That's right. Then the question is. Because this is for all golems. The stone giant is that specific to them. Oh, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I'm ready to make a ruling. Are you ready to make a ruling? Sure. And this may be controversial. <laughs> to nobody. <laughs> I believe that the DMG does, does not override this because it is very specific. Right. It says magical. It's giving, it's giving like a special golem rule. So in other words, this would if this just stood alone, page forty nine. Right, then that would be clear. right. But what you're doing is you are you're eviscerating. But the they've golem. changed things, and uh, David says it should be the opposite way. Oh boy, and and I think his argument is there's been things in, in the DM the Macho Man that yeah. were changed in 1970. So that's the question. and 78. Like I think gnomes see gnomes here. I think didn't they say somewhere they said certain things could go up to clerical level higher than the right. PHB said. I think the answer. Yeah, I understand that, but you are now, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, you know, that's that he's gonna he he will do the official ruling for the Gorg Empire, but someone's gonna ask the question. This is this is this is not binding. No, this because is just this is, just, this no, is no, banter. This is banter, right, which right. is crap. Right. We, someone needs this. We need to send this to the gibbering mouther. And, and no, we official. don't. We, you, you want? No, you know it. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? You just saw the answer he gave, and well, the, you don't seem. Do, I don't like it. Do you okay. like it? You wanna? You don't ask for an official ruling when it's going to be bad. But I don't care because I'm playing. I'm playing the stone golem. <laughs> you're. You're. You don't say that. Oh wait, you, you can't violate. Oh, I see. You like his answer, right? Because. No, wait, you don't like his. I, could, I don't care either way. Magical creatures that hit dice, equal to greater those of the gods. It just feels icky. I, we, look, our rule has always been it's the thing of the Trinity, that the, the things published after take precedent of the other. I agree with that, but I don't know. But, this, but because they have this very specific thing in here yes. in the Monster Manual, it just seems icky to, to overrule it with some side, sideway action. Well, I mean, you, you know, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe... Only because... Maybe you're right. Um, Chairman's right. The, in, in the clay golem, you, you just need a magical weapon. But you'd still have to be 11th level if you were uh, not a magical creature, regardless. That's very interesting. You I, know what I'm saying? Yes. And then obviously iron golems need plus three weapons or better. Or you have to be 18. So it basically weakens the golem. It, it, well, well, it writes that sentence. That sentence. The question is, is DMG page 79, creatures struck only by magical weapons, override completely? You're writing out that sentence. Right? You might as well take a pencil, right? The magical creatures hit dice right. equal to a greater. You might as well cross that out. Right. Because you're always going to be easier on the DMG chart. That's right. So, that's go- so the question is, does, was 75... Is it reasonable to believe that 75, let me ask you this, about, let, let's talk about overriding and what the test is for overriding. Do you have to believe there was an intent to override, to override, or is it just like, well, it's inconsistent, so this prevails? Usually what we just say is, well, if it's inconsistent, this prevails, but isn't the theory 
that Gary intended what was in the DMG to override? Aren't we trying to get to intent? Yes, I guess. I don't know that I'm so sure Gary's intending to override the Gollum rule, is he? I don't think so. But again, if, if you go the specific of the clay Gollum, says you must need plus two better weapons, it says here, monsters, creatures struck only by magic weapons. Yeah. So and they are struck only by magic weapons. And it says, you know, you're okay. All right, okay. But it does weaken the golem. So if you want to make your golems harder, you would apply that rule. I guess that, well, maybe he did intend to do that. Maybe he, maybe he did intend it because it was too hard. We need to talk to Jody. Maybe, I, she, maybe she, there were some crib notes on the side. The golem. That's right. She may okay. That's a, you know, that would be a really good sage advice question. So, I wonder if Gary ever talked about this in, uh, you know, on some of his online forums. Right. Well, that's, that's what made this. And again, this is why we do this. The dice don't lie. They come up with these interesting things. I guess. What so I, we're going to rule it as you can hit them because we're following our rules, which is the later things. If there's a clear thing. Inconsistency. And, you know, it is the pro player rule. Yes. So if it's, I do like to. If it's debatable, I do like to go with the pro player role. Yeah, the only reason I wasn't interested, the only reason, now I am going to say for today, we're going to do this because I don't think, oh, I guess, no, we have to determine the winner. Yeah, so we're going to have to fight it out. I don't want to spend 45 minutes fighting these things, but okay, let's, we'll do that. We got a big fight. Okay. Right, so we have to roll. Let's, this let's, was your doing, my <laughs> Litchy woman would have been a crown. This is that my, rhino. This was my doing. Okay, well, let's look distance. Uh, uh, 90 feet away, 90 yards away, right? They're outside in the scrub. They are, yeah, I think that's right. I think you're, because we started there. So, yes, we are in the subarctic scrub. I am the stone golem. We've, we've that's kind of weird. What are you, you know, doing there, dude? We're, we're, well, I'm here to stop you from, oh. I, was told, I was put here by Litchie Woman to stop you from bothering me. I'm a woolly rhino. You're the woolly rhino. She, yeah, she's just, she's just, she's such a diva. She's like, you know what I want? I want you to kill a woolly rhino. Yeah. Let's do that. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shall kill Lily Rhino. All right. So let's make this happen. Let's look for surprise. Okay. A lot of dice. It's very getting very busy it's, it's in here. A lot man. of dice in here. Come on over here on this thin rip sound. You're not surprised. Not. Not even close, baby. Me neither. Boo. Boo. All right. So it's an, we're hundred yards. We're ninety yards away. Initiative. What are you gonna do? I'm charging. I'm charging you. Everyone's charging. Oh, this is awesome. This is going to be like... Yeah. Three. Five. All right. So uh, you get to attack first. I guess I'm attacking with my horn since I can't trample right, you. You cannot right? trample me. So I'm, well, this is going to be easy for me. One attack, two to 12. Yeah. So roll. It, roll. You need... Uh, you need... You just roll. Okay. But you I, need a five. Wow. 16. You hit. Excellente. All so right. double that damage. Okay. Well, I have part. 60 hit points. A one and a six. Okay, seven. That's average. So 14, right? You double it. Oh, right. this is the charge. I already forgotten about that. Is that right? Do I have to play your yes. monster too? A charging rhino does double damage. Awesome. Okay, now he goes. He You're like, but the monster manual says I can't. 20. Boo. <laughs> it doesn't do anything extra, but it, it felt good. It does. It felt wonderful. He does three to 24. Oh. You take 15. Oh, my gosh. You have, to roll, you have to roll your hit points. Okay. 10 times. 3, 11, 12, wow, 19, plus 8, 27. 27. 
Thirty-four. Forty. Forty. Forty-one. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Fifty-four. Fifty-four, sir. Fifty-four minus fifteen. Ooh, thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. All right, it's initiative. It's a fight. We're declaring. We're declaring. Fight to the death. We're just gonna just a punch. Actually, I'm going to cast slow. Okay, and I guess I just sort of go with my horn, right? That's what that's I do. That's your right? attack. I just sort of. Yeah. That's right. Initiative. Okay. Six. All right, you get your attack. Yes, in. before you do your slow business. I assume I get a save, don't I? Uh, no, there's no save. There's no save? Nope. Probably just read that. Just read that. Or is it the same? One, one, you missed. I fumbled. Ah, so you missed. I cast slow on you. So I now, warned myself. So now, now initiative doesn't matter because you go every other round. Boo. So now I go. Oh. Five. What's your armor class? My AC is five. I hit you. Because I have 11 hit dice. I'm equivalent to that, as we read three times. Your, your wooliness ends here. Oh. I did 11. So you're at 28. All right, next round. Now you, you can roll initiative to see if you get your attack. You're okay. going to get your attack. It's just if you go before me or not. Oh, okay. I'm going to. Simultaneous. So you're slowed. I go before you. Seven, I hit. Go ahead. You can make your attack now. Okay. You make. I smash you down, beat you down, Decepticon, with another 14. You're at 14 hit points. I have a 7. That's you a hit, hit though, that's right? That's a hit. Okay. I'm not charging anymore, so now I'm just at uh, 2 to 12. All right. 1. Oh, I want to say 7 again. So you did 7? Okay, I did 39. 7 points of damage. Oh, in addition, I could have attacked you. Lloyd was right. I, I read that wrong. Oh. It says, in addition, the Stone Golem casts a slow spell on any opponent. Oh, oh in addition to normal attack, Stone Golem is able to cast a slow spell on an opponent. Is it, so it's like a slow spell, so is that what it is? So the reason you know there's no save is because you'd have to go to the player's handbook? Yes. Got it. Yeah. I, I'm, That's where I am. I'm 99% positive. Oh, I'm sure no you're save. right. I was just curious. I like to learn, like, where this comes from, but I obviously it's exactly or the same. Or you just want to challenge me, which is fine. That's what we're here for. That's what players do. That's right. Don't they? I, that's why I don't DM as much as I used to. Exactly. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm with you. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm just going to run games for, like, kids or 10. That's right. Anything. No saving. That's right. That's a, so that's Page a, 75. So that's a nice, that's slow a pretty effective the, spell. Slow is a terrible spell. Yeah. Slow is hard. I mean, we've talked about it. Slow and haste. I mean, people, the, the magic user loves the fireball, which again, it's great. But slow and haste is a game changer. That's like, your nickname. You're slow and I'm haste. I am slowed. Slow and haste. I am, I'm very slow. <laughs> You're permanently slowed. All right. So this is the next round. You don't get your attack because you're only getting one per two now and I get my attack. Oh, I say this fight's over. And now it is. Well, I, I, have to do, I have to do 14 hit points. I did 15. Oh, divine intervention. Oh, yep. You can roll your divine intervention. So with a th another blow, the woolly man run, collapses down. But in praise to whoever. We'll see. So, so the lesson here, the takeaway is that even though the stone golem, we've weakened him by our interpretation of the DMG, the fact that he can do a slow spell. Yeah, it's crazy. From which there is no save. Right. Ten foot, ten foot. So you got to be in melee. You matter. have to be in front of them, can cast a slow spell on any opponent within ten feet. So yeah. the normal slow spell you could, you could affect, well, it says on any opponent. So then the question is, is it, is it a single opponent or is it all Oh, yeah, opponents? that's a very good question. And is it, is it, is it do yards outside? I can't remember anymore. Range or no? Well, that's, range? that would be range. And, and well, it's kind of range and area effect, so kind of hard to say. So you know, I would say know. within ten feet, not okay. ten yards. Well, that's but that's another good question. Is it is it everybody? Is it 
Anyone there? I I would weaken it. It would just be one target. Because a slow spell, I assume, is, is on one person. No, it's multiple people. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, is there a little formula? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's per level. Oh, my gosh. So you can do, if you're like, well, slow is a third level spell, so up to five people could be slowed if they're in the area. Of, so that's the, the area next of. question. Is, right, is, is it just one or is it multiple? Right. Well, do I like, well, back to your being good for the players, if they're finding a clay a stone uh-huh. golem, I would be one. Because if you do multiple, that's just... It does say, oh, it does say on any opponent. Yes. So I think that reading would be, yeah, just one. Okay. So here's Divine, Divine Intervention. Intervention. First of the year. Did I do this? Yes, use the, the Feng Shui ball, whatever it's called. I call it the Death Star die. That's right, Death Star die. 95. Oh, it almost was 100. It almost was. Then you would have had a, then the Planetar would have came. Yes, all right. That's that. Oh, well, that was, a good, that was a, good, a good, that was good. So we need to remember who the champ is. So the, well, champ the champ is, is the Stone Golem. Litchie Woman Stone Golem. Stone, yeah, Litchie Woman Stone Golem. Woman, Stone Golem, defeated. That's too bad. I kind of like. He would have been. He would have been pretty cool. We still don't have a name, do we, for our is it a proper dragon? No, we don't have. It was a bronze. <laughs> bronze dragon. We don't have a name. Those. That's our. That's our. Uh, what do you call it? All right. Uh, he's our mascot. Our mascot, along with the toad. So we are now going to uh, bring in a, hopefully bring in, we're going to see. We're going to see if this works. Always, a, always sketchy. Bringing on Rob Ritchie, I believe. Yeah, we're trying to bring on Rob Ritchie, see if this works. Let's see, hold on. Rob Ritchie, of course. Hello? Editor-in-chief. Hello. Hello. Of Flipping oh. Attorney Magazine. I see him. He's popped. I got to put him on. Hello, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Hello. Do you do you hear me? Hello. Check one two. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Do you hear me, sir? You should hear me. Check. Hello one two. Do you hear me now? Hello, Rob. I hear you, Rob. Do you hear me? Rob, do you see me? Do you see anything here? Where's the camera? Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he see me? Hold on. Why doesn't? I can hear. Hello, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can see you. You can't see me. Well, I can see you. More importantly, I can see you. All right, let me get you fired up here. No, it's okay. I want to make sure it works. Let's see. All right. Well, no. This is this is how we roll. All right, bringing you in, and now we have Rob Ritchie, the editor and founder of Flipping and Turning. Hello, sir. Welcome. 
Hello. Can How are you today? Let me make sure I, they, everyone can hear you. She keeps talking, please. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. I really enjoyed all the stuff we saw earlier today. Yes, I, I, I see you. Uh, let me get uh, Dan his headphones. There's your headphones. Oh, thank you, sir. Dan can't hear you, so I'm sorry you can't see us, but for the sake of live TV, we're, we're moving forward. Can wait, you, can wait. You hear? Hello? Can you, Hello? Yeah. I can hear Wait, he's covering. You got him covering the garage. Oh, that's right. I'm covering. <laughs> I've got him covering the garage. Well, that's okay. I'll, I will move him down here. There it is. I'll move him down here, and now you're down here. So it's a very cluttered screen. Yeah, it's just. I, I, it, it seems odd to me that I can't see the. Um, I can't see you guys, but that's okay. It's very strange. I apologize. It may be on our end. You know, I don't. You know, well, maybe he's gone blind. You know why he's gone blind? It has nothing to do with his shirt. Hold, hold up some fingers, Dan. No, I have no idea. I guess I'm blind. It's because of the shirt you're wearing. I, I don't. I, unfortunately, I cannot futz with this. To if you're hearing me, that's what the most important thing. And more importantly, we can see you on our screen, so everyone can see you. So, awesome. how is your how was your holidays, real quick? My holiday was wonderful. Uh, we had a great time. Spent time with my family. Uh, I really can't. Uh, don't have anything really to complain. It was a great. We had a great uh, few days. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been such a long time since uh, we've seen you. Was the highlight of your holidays the dinner with James and me? Right. Oh, with, without a doubt. I uh, the the semi annual um, holiday uh, grog talk uh, dinner was pretty wonderful. The semi human dinner. I'm sorry. What? The semi human dinner. That's right. So we are here to talk about issue six of. Flipping and turning, which um, maybe you can talk about the cover, which is absolutely amazing. Certainly, um, I don't know if you can see it or not. Yes, I'm showing it to the to the to the crowds. Excellent. So uh, the cover of Flipping and Turning number six uh, was done by um, John Hubbard, who, uh, as you know, is the master, his eminent patron, Viscount Peerless Keeper of Richmond, and also. The peon, his illiterate surf stable boy, cowardly washer. Yes, he has both titles. Still. Both titles. He is unique among the, um, I think, among the uh, Grog Empire of having two titles. Uh, uh, him and him and his uh, wards have multiple titles. Yes. Oh, his wards. Oh, I didn't know his wards had a, had more than one. I believe one of them does. And uh, um, well, not no, I forgot. I'm sorry. It, I may oh. be wrong. As you can see from the uh, cover, uh, it is uh, the the theme of this article or of this issue is Gonzo Gaming. And Gonzo Gaming um, is kind of a concept that became hard to define as I dug into it. And I think ultimately I uh, come, I, I think we ultimately came to the conclusion that the Gonzo Gaming is gaming that actually predates a lot of printed product. Uh, Gonzo Gaming was the was the flowering of gaming from uh, in, from all sorts of GMs all over the world. And as a consequence, uh, it's hard to write it down. My idea being that if you write it down, you start influencing other people in their imaginations and so that was what that was about. The cover is actually uh, from his Metamorphosis Alpha game, 
which is pretty much as early as you can get to Gonzo Gaming. Is and and I have not read Playing at the World by John Peterson, right? And I know he's talked about, but this this would be an interesting. I'm sure that someone's taken a stab at this. That you have these different pulls. The one pull being kind of the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, kind of the the standard fantasy, and then you have the Fritz Leiber, Fritz Lieber, and all the, you know all these other Gonzo multiple like mashing. The sure, like a pulp idea, yeah. Right. So to me, Gonzo always felt more pulpy in that. Sure, you can have yeah. robots and sword wizardry. Who cares? It's well. There's some discussion lately that there that the, the distinction between fantasy and science fiction among the early pulp, pulp writers was entirely um, artificial. Uh, when you read science fiction, if you read a fantasy novel and people. Uh, you know, have like you say, robots and things like that. Or uh, I think of a. I'm looking up at my bookshelf. There's books on my bookshelf that are like they, they seem starting off as straight up fantasy novels, but as you go along, you realize that they are in some sort of post-apocalyptic world, and that there are remnants of old technology, which is kind of the basis of. Uh, uh, the Vancian uh, magic and the Vancian world of the uh, uh, dying earth, which we know is extremely influential to AD&D. So uh, the, the distinction is kind of, a, there's a distinction without a difference as far as that goes. But uh, the issue itself has a number of uh, articles on it. I know that uh, in the past, I have been criticized by going over every article in the... Can you start with page one? With the <laughs> Yes, okay. On page one. <laughs> Five hours later. Five hours later. Oh, I did notice that uh, you guys, your um, your um, random encounter with a woolly rhinoceros is uh, Willie Rhinoceros is called I was mentioned on page four. So, oh, really? Well, this yes, we, we did not plan this, did we? No. In the article of the game that time forgot. Interesting, because it's in the Potatius resources. Potatius. Yes. Right. Yeah. Try it again. Keep it. Yes. Land of the lost. Yes, it's in the land of the lost tables of the DMG. Which is wonderful. And we also got, we have the, a wonderful um, review of uh, the city-state of Invincible Overlord by the Greyhawk. And uh, of which we received a copy for review only. Interesting. And also uh, we were able to republish what long last Lou Pulsifer's article, My Life as a Werebear. Oh, that was good. Which first appeared in um, White Dwarf magazine. So there's a lot of stuff uh, in this magazine. It's not all Gonzo, uh, because that would be ridiculous. Because, as we say, the whole point of writing it down kind of defeats the purpose. But uh, it's a. I think it's, I'm very proud of this issue, and I and also and and I also on the back of it is an ad for for Dave Con. Dave Con. I'm so glad you got that on there. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, really, the highlight to me was page three. I really thought that um, the author there 
put the gonzo together, really some practical advice. Oh, really? About the polearm and the gunfight? Right. Yeah. That... Yeah, that was, um, that was uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of really great articles in, in this magazine, and, and this is also a mar- an article in the magazine. I, I really stopped at that. I, didn't, I figured what, anything that came after would be disappointing, but, you know, okay, maybe I will read some of these other ones. There's a number of this things. Is also, go ahead. I'm this, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just saying this is also a um, a very unique issue in that uh, for what isn't there. <laughs> OK, what what isn't there? That's uh, intriguing. What does that mean? What isn't there? I think Dan knows the answer to that. Ooh. well, I see what you're saying. There's no Dan Gormansky contribution that actually improves its quality. But what I would like to point out, they're flying off the shelf. They're flying. <laughs> so. Okay, page five, falling down again. This, to me, was a very important article because I had not thought about this. I had assumed that Gary, uh, Frank Mentzer said that the falling damage, I think he said in Dragon Magazine, didn't he, that basically it had been a screw-up, that it was supposed to be exponential. But this article, and I don't know who the author is, but I'm intrigued by this, suggests that there's not enough evidence the only evidence we have that it was a screw-up is Frank Mentzer saying it. I guess, did Gary never say it was a screw-up? Should it really I, be D6 just per 10 feet? That's why I, I believe so. I mean, I wrote this article. I, it's certainly my argument. Well, this, it's, a, it's a perineum. It's not, it's not ascribed. I mean, it's, that's true. it's on the same page as Rob Ritchie, but it's in a separate box. This article is that's true. Perineum. It's in a separate box. So, Something needed to I wonder if so it's sitting squarely in the perineum. Has the Chamberlain taken a position on the falling damage or the issue or, or others? I, 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 as far as I know, there is no uh, there has been no uh, ex cathedra ruling on this particular like issue. That. And that, which is why at the end of it, I leave it open to go either way, but that you should let your players know uh, what it is. Uh, my argument here is that the, the idea of an exponential damage, if, if implemented, would be a unique uh, mechanism in D&D. All other damage scales linearly, like fireballs, right. uh, to have, uh, uh, and, and despite the fact that in the real world, Objects accelerate uh, makes is not a very persuasive argument because we don't really take the physical rules too um, too uh, seriously in any other aspect of D and D. I mean, a you can beat down a door with a sword <laughs> in D and D, and that I I defy you to do so in under an hour. Uh, well, I would just give up. I would call. Yeah. I'd call a locksmith. So right, exactly. Um, so I, I think another part that you and I have talked about. I think we talked about this during the Christmas uh, soiree that we had was romance and sex in AD and D because in the past, um, one of the criticisms of later editions has been they've been sanitized because of the blowback that they got from parents groups and other people. And, you know, the, 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 obviously the big one was not naming devils and demons, devils and demons. They call them whatever and whatever. Uh, but also the diminishing of anything that could be icky, I guess would be my term. 
for that. And, well, and there's a strong argument for some of the stuff in AD&D doesn't make sense if you get rid of that. Yeah, that in, in that article, uh, is sex necessary? I think it predates the um, the Tipper Gore-inspired um, uh, pushback against AD&D. I think it's... Uh, I, I, I think that if you look at the original rules, there just isn't anything in it. And I don't think it was done because of uh, any uh, prurient reasons. I think it was self-editorial uh, decisions that were made uh, that the, the writers, the creators of AD&D and Gary and his editors decided that they, that they didn't want to put that in. And, and I think for the most part, that makes a certain amount of sense, creating a game around human sexual desire and encounters is creepy. And there's a, actually a rather famous example of such a game floating around out there, which I do not in any way recommend anybody seek. But what game the, is that, right? Wait, is, that what <laughs> is that the high school one? That thing's amazing. Oh, no, no. Dan, <laughs> never mind. I'll, I'll see you ne at the next uh, Christmas soiree. I'll see if I can send you a link. You can direct message uh, Rob if you want this uh, illicit material, or um, is it editor at smolderingdunggames.com? No, no, no. I will, I will immediately block and ignore all com communications on this topic. Okay. Uh, but but the, the, the idea behind it is that romance and desire drive so much of um, romantic fiction uh, and Classical fiction. I mean, uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey is based on uh, uh, on a on an illicit romance, right? And the face and a desire that ten thousand ships or whatever. So. Yeah, exactly. And it 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 she may have had the face that launched ten thousand ships, but I, I suspect she had other parts that were equally uh, ship worthy. Those are the other ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. Twenty thousand. But so huh? where's that? Oh, that's got to be something. Huh? That's, right. Ooh, that's right. That's right. So I'm slacking on the job. But I will say, well, Dan was was very fond when he started gaming again to um, run these very old OD and D modules. Oh, I know where you're going. You're, go you're going to a cha a Chapel of Silence. The Chapel of Silence, which was... Uh, I ran it as written. Ran it as written. And so besides the fact that there's a vampire for first to third level, and I don't know what else, we, the party enters a room, and there are two trolls in the <laughs> carnal embrace uh, deep in fornication. That's how he described it to us. You just misinterpreted loathsome member. That's right. <laughs> yes. And, and, and how long did Dan continue to read his handwritten 40-page room description? It felt like forever. But I just don't remember any published module of my era, which is more of the early to mid-80s, even going there. Well, nor should the, nor should they. But uh, my, the, the thrust of my particular article here is that the DMG or er, er, monster manual is full of creatures who use sex as right. a lure, mm -hmm. and 
there is literally no reason for any player to ever fall for it. Right. You hear you you hear you you hear uh, giggling coming and, and splashing from the river. Run away. Right. Don't look. Don't 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 go skinny dipping. Nothing. But your your point is the way I look at it is it's an extension of one of the challenges with D and D, any version, is that anything that is fun for the character. They don't do. They, you know, again, if you're back to that tradition of Conan, right? They they kill the snake, right? I'm just using the movie as an example. And what do they do with the money? They get drunk. They're just carousing. Players they never go, do they that. Go, they, they go to gentlemen's clubs, right? They never do that. Well, you know, they do it, but they don't get to actually role play it, right? Isn't right. that's like the ten percent or, right. or, or the hundred? Not the ten percent. That's disease. Well, that's sort of related. Well, we should roll the disease. Exactly. That's related. But what is it? Is it like a hundred gold pieces a month or something? Right. Gary says because because adventurers are are hard living people. So I think they're doing it, but you're just you don't get to actually role play. Right. And, well, and that's and good. that's and that's fine. But you know, how many times have you run an encounter that starts in a in a pub or a bar, and in the pub there are uh, a cute half elf bar maid or wench. And you see that she's, you know, I, I don't know, th th there's a plot going on, or at least a story. And I just imagine all these adventures with their heads down over their drinks, not looking, not, not meeting anyone's eye, because there's no, you know, there's no reason to ever react in any way to any other person other than to fight them. Right. Well, that and the intoxication tables, they're in the, the DMG. But how many times do you use them? Because players never drink. They always like, I will have one ale. I mean, they're all Puritans. And, and, they, and they can't afford it. Because, right. you know, the, 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 the DM has completely uh, cheated them on their last uh, adventure. And they have no gold. They have nothing. Yeah, so I think that's where I like the thrust of the article that you're saying is that there are parts of the game that, because mechanically, they are problematic. Um, and, and they cause problems, players won't engage with it. And so DMs sometimes have to be, because again, if every drunken brawl ends in the party getting their heads handed to them, they're not going to do that. So you got, you got to have, you got to have some, you know, cause it's, it's, it always seems like, oh, the party gets drunk, but then, you know, the Assassin's Guild, which lives at the pub, they're completely sober. You know, it's like, yes, exactly. And they were just waiting for them to be uh, drinking. So that's the point I, I liked about the article is that it's not specifically the romance and the sex. It's, it's just these things that make these characters more well-rounded and you could do some more things was, was, was not uh, there. So there's also a special edition that came out recently, right? Almost at the same time. The, the Ron Christopher Guide to AD&D. Oh, you that's speak, right. We can, haven't really talked about that. Can you speak quickly about that? I don't mean quickly that it doesn't deserve a uh, comment. Just like to bring everyone up to speed on this as well. Sure. Well, Ron, as some some of you who went to uh, GrogCon and who maybe uh, I'm trying to find his title. Why can't I find it? Five hours later. Yeah, I must not have it. Sorry. Um, the um, 
Ron Christopher is a uh, Central Florida uh, grognard and oh, a very prolific. He sends me so many great articles. He is the Chamberlain, his all-brilliant highness, Sir Ron Christopher, relentless victor over East Orlando. That's right, East Orlando. It's in your own book, sir. <laughs> well, he, he, um, he sends me so much stuff, and it's all good. And he sent me several articles that were somewhat lengthy and I thought very important and helpful to new players as well as older players, but especially for people who may be coming to AD&D for the first time. And so uh, I made the, I put together and assembled with his, obviously with his assistance, the um, Ron Christopher Guide to AD&D. So that is a special, that was a special edition uh, that came out. If you were a subscriber, you would have gotten it. Uh, and it, but it is, of course, available for download at the, uh, at, at the Smoldering Dung Games site. Right, which and we'll have a show, we'll have a link there. And all these editions, the PDF versions are free to download, correct? That is correct. Is he like uh, our Len Lakafka? Yes. I mean, I don't want to put pressure on him, right? Because I mean, there's you know, there's only one Lenny Kafka. Rob right? is our Tim Cask. Yes, he doesn't like being called that I know. either. I, I'm sure Ron is a very he's a very humble person. I'm da I'm Dave Arneson. Wait, who am I? My Arneson or Guy Guy? Well, I, none of us. Ooh, look, he got angry. No, no I one. thought you were Ernie. Yeah, you'd be. I'm Ernie. <laughs> okay. I'm Ernie. I think I thought you were one of the Bloom brothers. Everyone, I, everyone is now thinking of jokes, right? I, I, guess thought, this I thought you were one of the Bloom brothers, right? Weren't they the attorney? Yeah, I'm Gene Wells. <laughs> That's probably the best. Uh, I want to be. I'm Gene Wells. That's right. Wait, wait. I called who, it. Who was who was the legal counsel for TSO? Oh yeah. wow, I have no idea. That's, very Ooh, that's a good question. question. I don't know. But so, but so, Sir Relentless is sort of like, right? His, uh, I'm sorry, not Sir. Yeah, Sir Relentless. He's sort of like our our. Uh, Len Lakafka. Right. So yeah, we, we, we sort of have a Len Lakafka, though. It, it's Len, Len Lakafka, Lakafka. Yeah. has published, who we've been privileged to publish several of his uh, articles in prior magazines uh, after his uh, sad passing away. Okay, he's son of Len Lakafka. Right. There you go. But the, the, the fact that he's... He's, no, he's, he's the, uh, he's the uh, doppelganger of <laughs> Len Lakafka. Yes. He is the simulacrum. There you go. Panaceum? Yeah. Panaceum? Panace something? I don't remember now. But Perineum? Panace. <laughs> no, he's not the perineum of Len Lakafa. We cannot no. do that. No. Let's change the subject instantly. So, <laughs> with that, that is horrible <laughs> on multiple... Don't ever tell me that I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Never again. You are a terrible person. No, you made it worse. I made it worse. Yes, you absolutely did. I did not. You added to it, sir. You added to it. Sir, you, you, have, you have no shame. <laughs> so, so with that said, um, we have, I have two more questions. One question is, if someone would want to contribute, what's the next episode about and how can uh, they contribute? Okay. Well. Ooh, Roger uh, E. Moore. That's a, good, that's a good one. He could be the Roger E. Moore. Oh. Yes. There we go. That makes that makes that's a great uh, example. That's right. Um, so the next issue, which is in production, uh, is issue number seven, and it is about assassins. So assassins is the is the uh, theme of the of the uh, 
article or of the of the magazine. So if you have thoughts on assassins or magic items or monsters, or really it doesn't have to be about assassins, go ahead and send them to editor at grogcon.com and uh, hit me up. Uh, if we can't use it for this issue, we use it for a future issue. Uh, there's lots of there's there's always plenty of room for uh, for new stuff. And I'm also working on hopefully this all depends and this all depends on contribution. I'm also hoping to do a special April Fools issue. So I'm trying to work on two magazines at the same time. But as I say, I'm not getting I, I need more stuff for the April Fools in order to make that an occurrence. So if you have jokes, if you have funny stuff, even if even if your 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 mom doesn't think it's funny, please uh, or your wife doesn't think it's funny, please send it to me. Or or James doesn't think it's funny. That's or if James doesn't think it's funny. It should, but, it should be a gnome centric. This should have a real gnome yes, feel to, don't you right, think? Right I mean they, they're jokesters. It probably does. Uh, I mean let's be Let's be honest. It's probably going to be ninety-nine percent uh, gnomes and one percent dick jokes. Wow. Where do you go from there? I, I, Where's that I, button? Are we? Which don't one? To like, no. Where you like? Cover, like do we have a delay? Oh, the. <laughs> don't we have a delay? Well, it's about Richard. It's all oh, about. I see. Yeah. Got it. So yeah, you know. Yeah, I got you. I right. understood what you were saying. Nick, oh, Nixon I, jokes. I, I right, Nixon. Like that that tricky about. dick. Okay, got it. I got it. Jokes about Richard Nixon. That's right. Okay. Uh, I'm not a criminal. So, uh, the second thing is you were so inspired by our telling of have you ever been whatever that you have come up with. Is this fair to say you've come up with the have you ever played an assassin something threat? And so I figured he would run this for us for this and, first time. And you know what? Yes. It's not been published yet. We have right. an advanced copy. This is copy. advanced copy. This is not out there in the public domain yet. It is coming, right? right? In the assassin's issue, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So you, we're going to play the, the first The assassin's one. issue contains our own version of have you ever played with the permission of Kelly uh, Velomir. And, of course... Have you ever appeared in Kelly's magazine in the early 80s, First Encounter magazine, where you would play the role of a particular type of PC and you would test your knowledge of how to play that PC well uh, by making various choices? And yeah, so uh, Rob, would you like to kick off since we've run out of First Encounter? Have you ever? Rob has been very kind and has agreed to write the next installment. So this is a brand new installment. Uh, would you like to talk about it, and would you like to run us through the first installment of the new Have You Ever Played app? I absolutely would. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, this character, of course, was uh, completely and utterly... Uh, well, obviously, it had to be an assassin because it's for the assassin's issue. And this one is, have you ever played a one-eyed half-orc cleric assassin in a captured city? And I, so, and I see here the name. This is the character's name we'll be playing, James. We are Half-Assin. Half-Assin, half-assin. yes. 
I love it. Is that right? And we are cleric. Yeah, are we semi-human? We're semi-human. Semi-human. We are. Yeah, Dan, Dan, do you do you want to read over the character uh, the character uh, statistics? It would be my pleasure because James, we've agreed that barring the illusionist assassin, which sadly for no is just an NPC. Right. The cleric assassin might be the most awesome. Right. The half of cleric might be the most awesome character combo, right? Absolutely. Okay, so we're a cleric assassin. Now, as you know, unfortunately, James, we stopped at level four as a cleric. Yes. Because we had to. But we are a level seven assassin. We are a half orc. We have a strength of nine. Uh, in true, true half orc, uh, half orc fashion, we have a wisdom of nine. So we just made it. Right. Probably had to cheat Stre- on A strength of 15. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. But wisdom, I'm sorry. Wisdom of nine. I meant to say wisdom. Yeah. Strength of 15, wisdom of nine. And now remember, due to our low wisdom, we have a spell failure chance uh when we cast our spells uh what is what's the failure is it 20 percent? Uh, well it says right there due to his low wisdom score hafassin has a cho- chance of spell failure when attempting to cast spells though this does not include the reading of scrolls when resolving a choice that includes the casting of spells roll a d20 and a value of four or lower indicated the spell has failed follow instructions indicated for each answer Got it. So we got to remember to do that. Oh, so we have to roll for that. Is that right, uh, Rob? Will we be rolling for that if we cast a spell? Yeah, you will need a d20 if you, cho- if you choose to cast spells. This is a twist. Right. This, he's, the, uh, he's taken this to the next level. Yeah, he has. We have a con of 17. We have 35 hit points. So if you are playing at home, keep track of your hit points. The good news is you do have leather armor plus two. You're, oh, I love this. Your deity is bag true. Oh, bag true. I always travel with bag true. You may remember, bag true is from the Roger Moore deities. He is the orc deity. He is the son, son. of uh, Grumsh and Luth- Luthic. He's quite the, the stupid. Mother, the cave mother, right? Cave mother. He has a wisdom of six, intelligence of six. So, yes, he, I love bag true. That's one of those great drawings. Uh, I don't know who did that. So uh, his alignment is lawful evil. We are a male. We have intelligence 11, a dex of 6, a charisma of 6. We have poison. We have a Molotov cocktail. We have thieves tools, an unholy symbol, spell components, tinderbox, weapons. A tinderbox. Weapons include broadsword plus 1 and a dagger plus 1. Your magic items are a potion of invisibility, a potion of clairaudience. The scrolls you have are, and I gotta love this, animate dead. Continue light, feign death, speak with animals. Your spells are protection from good, resist cold, sanctuary, hold person, and silence in a 15-foot radius. Pretty awesome. All right. We are ready, sir. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready ready to die as like I normally do. Right. All right. The royal city of Kortenvas has been overrun by an enemy led by the wicked General Gaz. Good Queen Mabel has been thrown into her own dungeon beneath the palace. A group of loyalists want you to infiltrate the palace, rescue Queen Mabel, and scout out the enemy's defenses so they can mount a counterattack. The fools don't realize that you are a spy for General Gaz. But the money they offered is good enough to overcome your loyalty and a promised royal pardon for your many, many wicked crimes would be a nice thing to have in any case. 
So we are beginning the first and only for today encounter. And let me just mention how, you know, everyone hates an assassin till they need one. Right. Right? Now, good Queen Mabel, right. she loves us. Yeah, Half-orc assassin, awesome. Awesome. Right. You worship back to, no problem. No problem. <laughs> well, so... We don't, we don't judge. <laughs> is it fair to say, do they know we're a double agent? I missed that part. No, they don't know you're a double agent. So you, are, you were a spy for General Gaz, and no doubt assisted in the takeover of the city, but now they've hired you and want your help. They so don't you successfully rolled on the DMG percentages for spying, and you've now infiltrated. I've done, we've done so well, we've infiltrated the, the, the loyalists. The town. Excellent. Right. And what, what about us would make them think that we're double agents? <laughs> I mean, right. orc assassins. <laughs> it says right here, the fools don't realize yeah. that you are a spy for General Gaz. They well, don't realize it. So, cool. as you know, assassins can disguise yeah. themselves. Like a barmaid. Or is that, yeah, it was like the barmaid. Whatever. We don't know. Where our disguise is still working. 1% cumulative chance per week, though, it could be detected. So, we, we better get on this. All right, let's go. All right. All right, you guys ready? We are ready. You exit the dockside bar where the deal was struck and find yourself on a busy street thronged with townsfolk, eager to get indoors before curfew at sunset. A drunken rake bars your path, naked blade drawn, challenging you to fight or be damned. He's got the drop on you, so you decide to A, apply, or excuse me, one, apply poison to your blade, then attack with sword. Two, throw dagger, then attack with sword. Three, are you writing these down? I am. Three, call for the guard to arrest this ruffian. Four, climb a nearby wall and escape over the rooftops. Five, dodge through the crowd and escape. Six, cast protection from good and attack with sword. Seven, backstab. Eight, drink your potion of invisibility and run away. Nine, charge and attack with sword. And ten, read the Fain Death Scroll. Can I call for lightning? No, you can't call for lightning. Heat, no heat, what was it? Heat, uh, <laughs> control temperature, ten foot radius. <laughs> You can't do that either. Oh, that was so. so awesome. I, I know that's the other one. <laughs> that's right. That's always the uh, that's the default uh, control temperature. All right. So he doesn't have throw dagger and run or whatever. They, well, they have throw. They have uh, uh, poison and attack. Dagger attack with sword. Call the guard. Climb a wall. Dodge and escape through the crowd. Protection for good. Then attack. Backstab. Use your potion invisible. Then attack or escape. Charge and attack with your sword. Feign death with scroll. Correct? That is correct. Those are your choices. So, Daniel? Which... Well, my understanding is that if you put poison, you can be noticed, things like that. And, you know, I want to remain inconspicuous. This is probably not going to go well for me, because I know he does say he's got the drop on me, so right. that's not good. I'm still going to try to dodge through the crowd and escape, because, look, I don't need this. I'm on a mission, okay? Right. Get away from me. I'm taking five. So, Dan's going with five. Uh, for, if you want to play the game, you can uh, 
put your things in the next minutes. This is a very interesting one because again, I'm I, unlike the some of the ones that we had where it was completely felt random. I feel like Rob has put a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, I I want you to feel that way. So I, I felt I feel it. I <laughs> Whether it's true feel or not, it. I totally feel it. So, um, I'm gonna. Swerve away from things that will identify me as an assassin. I guess I agree with that. So backstabbing, and so I'm going to go with. Though they should know something, they want me to infiltrate. So I don't know if you know. Again, not sure because your point is maybe well taken. They they hate assassins until they need them. So this is really tough. I, and I don't want to burn my potions and all this other stuff. And so, let me so. mention, the problem is the enemies overrun this place. I was thinking about calling for the guard, but do the guards work for, who is it, Kaz? Right. And they may not know I'm a spy, and they may not help me. They may be like, go screw yourself. So yeah, I don't know what's going on about that. Yeah. I, that's right, though. Kaz, that's right, though. Kaz does think we work for him. But, yeah, they don't know. That the, why would the guards have that information? But there's a curfew. So there's very lo- this place is locked down. Mm-hmm. They... And I don't think fighting is something that they would like. Yeah, eager to get indoors before curfew. Okay, so obviously you're thinking the guards, maybe. Yeah. So I'm going to go with call with the guards and die horribly. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh, I make it backstab. So you're doing five. I'm doing three. Uh, we've got Jason is doing what you did. He's doing five. Uh, Follow me. Admiral Eternal Subduer of the Hills is doing nine charge. Uh-huh. So you've got five more seconds to figure this out. So you got, or you're just attacked, or you're you killed, or, or you just you. De- well, no, you delay action, which is that's right. That's so you got five, four, three, two, one, zero. Go ahead, sir. Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you both on avoiding my first trap. Ooh, yeah, baby, woo. We didn't uh, immediately dive into a discussion of what a rake is, right? which I thought was certainly <laughs> forthcoming. But, they, but so we will move on. So the, let's go down the list. Number one, what was number one, James? Number one was poison and attack. All right. The townsfolk recognize the poison on your blade and attack you immediately. Instant death. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good, good of you to so avoid I assume that. that was the rake. That's what I, I assume it was a rake, right? But right. The, he was attacking with a rake. Right. He has a rake. There's well, that's why I was running because I'm like, how rake. much damage? I'm showing a picture of a rake now. That's, well, that's why I ran because right. how much damage can a rake do? Right. Okay. All right. So number two was throw dagger and attack with sword. Correct. And nope. the... Answer is it works somewhat. Take five points of damage in the resulting melee. Okay. So you killed the dude. He's just dead. You're right. like walking off. Yeah. Totally <laughs> stone cold murdered him. <laughs> and all right. I'll go on. Nice. Number three. Yep. Call guard. Anyone take number three? I'm number three. Number three was call for the guard. Uh, number three. Sorry, it goes up and down. Three. The guard comes and arrests you both. After a short imprisonment, you are both executed. Yay, good. I'm done. Wait, really? Well done, James. No, wait, is that true? No, don't look it up. Yeah. That's horrible. The death penalty? That's it. For fighting? 
I wasn't fighting, but it didn't matter. I like this place. Causing trouble. Causing trouble. Causing trouble. This is why you avoid the guards. Wow. You're yeah. done already, buddy. I love it. Wow. All guards are bastards. Okay. Um, See, so yeah, I was trying to role play. That'll teach me. I should have just stabbed him in the throat, but that's okay. All right. Hey, what kind of assassin are number you? Number four. Did anyone, did anyone choose number four? No, no one chose four. That was going to be number two. That was climb the wall, I think. Yes. It works, but take two points of damage as the rake gets a hit mm-hmm. as you avoid melee. Okay, number five, this is dodge and escape. Dodge and escape, same as number four. That's fine. Two points. You take, take two points. You take two points. I, that's fine. That's fine. I expected that. All right, what was number six? Six was protection for good, then attack. The rake mocks you as a one-eyed knave as he trounces you. Take eight points. Well, that's right. I forgot we have one eye. This was probably in honor of Grump who removed it. We're at Claire. Possibly. No doubt. All right. I've lost all interest in this. I'm dead. So keep going. He's moving on. Oh, yeah, he's like right. doing his taxes or something. What are you doing? Number seven is backstab. He's paying a bill. Online bill. Seven <laughs> is backstab. Yep. It's the same as A6. He mocks you and you take eight points. Okay. What was number eight? Potion of Invisibility. It works. Take no damage. All right. The cross out Potion of Invisibility. That's yeah. a big and use. Cross out That's a big use for is. a rake. Yes. Number nine. Charge and attack. It works somewhat. Take five points of damage. All right. That was uh, someone online. Takes five points. Feign death scroll. What does that do? You just like. You, look, like you play dead. Yeah, you play dead. Like you had a heart attack? Yeah, you just kind of keel ah! over. Yeah. Why do I need a scroll to do? Oh, because it stops my pulse and all that? Yeah. It's like, wow, he really you, is you, dead. You're really dead. You really look dead. But don't I have to pull out the scroll and read it? Yep. Yep. That's what you're doing. <laughs> It'd be pretty obvious, wouldn't it? So, the, the, it works. The rake loses interest. Take no damage. Someone steals your dagger. Oh. <laughs> you wake up naked. <laughs> naked and afraid. All right. Well, very good. So for those who are still alive, which is everyone except me, they will continue uh, when uh, Rob is either the next. When, when will there be another episode? Is there, do we, we have, he's given us two. Well, we have two? You have number two, I believe, in your possession. Okay. So great. No peeking. No peeking. No peeking. Yeah. But if you, uh, so you can do it. If you want me to come along and, and do it for you, I'll be happy to, but uh, that's certainly not necessary. I've given you all the tools. You need pencil, paper, and, a mi- and some miniatures and some craft paper, <laughs> and you have everything you need to play this game yourself. Wow. That seems like a lot, but okay. Well, thank you for that. That was a lot of fun. And uh, are you hoping that the whole adventure, the whole thing will be done for episode issue seven? Or... Oh, it's, it's, it's ready to go to press. Oh, wow. wow. This is why he's amazing. He is he's prolific. He's like Tim Cask. He is prolific. Mm-hmm. We can barely get an article done. I mean, couldn't even get one done. <laughs> you got one, you barely got one, and I didn't get any. Yeah. And he's, yeah, well, you know. Well, let's not dwell on our past failings and just keep hope for the future. Oh, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. Very, very well said. Oh, I'm going to give you a golf clap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Robert. Always. It's always a pleasure. I'm glad the new year is going well. And we will talk to you real soon. So, again, go out to Smoldering Done Games um, at itch.io is where you can get it. There'll be a link. And you can send it to editor at grogcon.com if you want to uh, talk to him as well. Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. That was very good. Looking forward to continuing the adventure.
Thanks, Rob. No, I'm not looking Bye-bye. forward to it. I don't care. Bye. I think you're dead on number one. <laughs> dead on number one. Yeah, well, he's, I, didn't, I didn't play well. Bad, bad playing. That's what happens. I'm an assassin. I'll call the guard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that's not working. Okay. Well, I, you know, again, the logic was I didn't want to cause a, a cause an issue, but, you know, that's I, I have to admit, I do think execution was a bit... Wow. <laughs> wow. Pretty draconian there. Yeah, that well, was around. Well, you know, I got that, the, you know, the things and... And, uh, and you weren't even fighting. You're, just, you're, like, you're, you're the one calling the guard. Right. Help! Help! I'm right. being attacked. Right. All right, both of you. You're executors. I was concerned that any fighting would cause... Because they had a curfew, right. so maybe they maybe they executed you for being a weenie. Yeah, I probably rolled poorly on my wisdom check, or or have your action roll charisma. Right. Well, you are a half orc. What's your charisma? It's probably terrible. It's sick. You can only be a six. That allowed you to be a cleric. Eight, eight to uh, other half orc. But you probably wasn't a half orc. It was your magistrate. Right. Right. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. It's like immediate attack. Another reason why I don't play. I don't play. I don't DM anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more like you, Dan. It's like I just like talking about the game. I don't actually play anymore. It's, exactly. It's, 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 it's nice. It's very, um, it's very frustrating. It's uh, you makes, probably makes you feel stupid. Well, so, when yeah. you went before the magistrate, you, you did it so horrible on the reaction. It was probably immediate attack. So the execution was him like leaping over. The bench. <laughs> and just it's gutting. Right there. Summarily as being yeah. I yeah, that's that's you know, okay. that's that well, I mean that is true. You go in front of the justice system, it's really a crapshoot. You're never quite sure what's gonna happen. Where's the due process? Apparently wow. there is none here. This is big a bushy puppy production. All rights reserved.